injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Tuesday installment of the program along with Hayes Carlion and Andrew Gibson. I'm Frank Frangie. Our friend Lauren Brooks has the day off. Uh, she has the week off. You and I have the rest of the week off. So That's right. I was expecting to work two days this week. Didn't realize we weren't in yesterday, so it'll be a one-dayer for us. And then uh, we'll be off the rest of the week. But we got a lot to talk about. Ooh, we got a lot to talk about as this season comes to an end. What a season. Yeah, and I'm going to get right to the most important thing we need to talk about today. Buffalo leads Georgia Southern 23-14 <laughs> in the Camellia Bowl. Are you kidding me? It's, I think it's the Camellia. It's big time. It might be another bowl. It's, 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 yeah. it's some bowl. It's either the Camellia or a different bowl. It's the Camellia. Thank you. Gibby, how you doing, buddy? How was your trip? Good. So, um, update on the trip. We did not go. Um, oh, no, no. Because, I did not know that. Yeah, so we had, had planned to go up to North Carolina to the mountains where I'm from, but as you guys know, the weather was uh, pretty yeah. pretty bad in a lot of places in the country. And up there, the three days we were going to be there, the, the low temperature was going to be 0, 2, and 3. Wow. And the uh, yeah. wind chill was going to be negative. So my wife said, we are not doing that. <laughs> so, okay, good so we call. So just, we just had a staycation. You know, it, it was going to be dangerous if we had uh, drove in that kind of weather. And we have to go through Atlanta to get to my hometown. And um, it, would just, it just would have been chaos uh, trying to drive in the ice and stuff like that. So... You know, we had a nice little staycation here, but, you know, got to FaceTime my family whenever we opened gifts and that sort of thing. So, you know, a little bummed out we didn't get to go, but uh, we tried to err on the side of caution. So You made the right call. That's right. So good. Well, I'm glad you guys are safe, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family and to everybody. What a wonderful week it was, and we... uh, we, we endured some of that cold weather ourselves. Yeah, we did. It was very cold. It yeah, was I was very in New cold. York. We had a wonderful time. We saw a wonderful play. Uh, we, uh, t- I think we hit about every pub in New York, which is not easy. Wow. We had two great – I'd always wanted to go to Sparks, um, the steak dinner, which was fantastic. So we had a wonderful time. And, uh, oh, by the way, the Jags won the ball game. So it, yeah. was a, it was a wonderful trip. All right, let's get right to it. Let's not bury it anymore. We were kidding around. The Jags, as you know now, are a red-hot football team. Uh, they are among the teams that are being talked about in the league. They are seven and eight. They are uh, what is it? Three in a row. Four to five. Three in a row. Four, four to out five. five. You know, five out of seven. Yep. Uh, they are five and two since Trevor Lawrence has caught fire. Fourteen touchdowns, one interception in those seven games. The Jags are five and two. Um, so they play the Texans on the road this week. Everybody knows that. We'll talk about the play them, don't play them, the whole bit. That's been sort of the narrative. And, of course, they come home to play the, the Tennessee Titans, winner take all in the AFC South. It's just that simple. We can talk about wild cards and momentum and, and all the things that will affect the upcoming game, which is the game in Houston this week. Uh, but the storyline is the Jaguars come home. They play the Tennessee Titans. Um, I've heard the expected capacity for that game is about 112,000. <laughs> They're adding That'd be seats. awesome. You think that added a lot of seats yeah. for Florida, Georgia? They're right. adding them all over the place. That'd be great. High ones, low ones, helicopter seats. Um, uh, I, I can't believe that game won't be completely sold out. This is a call yeah. to the family. I mean, this is a call out there. This, this has got to be an electric environment. This is what you've been waiting for, and now it's here. So soak it up and enjoy it. And uh, certainly, if you've got the disposable income, yeah, that's right. no reason not to be at this Absolutely. one. And if you can't, we certainly understand there's some people that can't. Yeah. But if you can go, try and get your hands on some tickets. Cause, and I think people are going to, by the way. I, I would be surprised. You don't get many opportunities like this one. When, A, you're expected to win, it's the arch rival. It means a championship. 
It means a playoff. And by the way, if you win that game, you have another game a week later because every division winner gets a home game. That's right. And in all likelihood right now, I guess it would be against the Ravens. Yep. Uh, the, the, way the, the way the NFL playoffs work, I think most people know now, there's one, there's one bye per conference, then two plays seven, three plays six, four, four plays five. The four-five game as we sit here, if there's no surprises, would be Jags and Ravens. How about right. that? What about the Carlion family is what I want to know. It's going to be uh, – Oh, my goodness. That's going to be a big week. Yeah, I mean I – Yeah, mean, that might be one. I may be staying at the Frangies. Yeah, you know what? I was just saying, if you're not speaking, after that we got a lot of room. Yeah. Okay? I, I, we, we have a lot of room. I may have to call in Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, we have a lot of room, so I, we'd I, love to have was, you. It was bad enough when the Jaguars won a regular yeah, season yeah. game. We've, we've got – Let me tell you, we've got room. We've got extra beds. We've got whiskey. Okay? Then I'm all set. So, I'm just saying. So, it's all there. So – but, uh, but, but that's the way, the way it's going to look. So well, today on the program, we want to talk about, first of all, how it happened. Why are the Jags so hot right now? And, uh, and talk a little bit about you, you and Lauren were able to talk about the Jets game, and I called in. We'll talk a little bit more about it. It's the first time we've been together, and it's our only day this week to do that. So we'll do that today on the uh, program, talk a little bit about the, the dynamics of that game. Uh, who to play, who not to play in Houston, that's what everybody's talking about. We'll certainly well, – I'll give you my opinion. I know you will as well. We'll talk about that. Um, how important is it to beat Houston? Now, we know, how, we know it does not affect the AFC South. We've already decided that. But how important is it to win the game for momentum, for, for moving forward, uh, the outside chance that it could factor into the wild card, although I don't think it's going to. But there certainly are mathematical ways it could. So we'll certainly uh, get to that coming up on the program today. So it'll be mostly Jaguars, a lot of Jags. We haven't had a chance to do that. And is there a chance the game gets flexed? Or are we looking at a Sunday night or a Saturday night? Or, uh, we'll start, so there's a lot of uh, variables there. I want to go around the league a little bit. Nathaniel Hackett, uh, let me just say this. I love to tell – radio guys love to tell you all when we're right. We love to tell the world. We, we run down the street patting about. Remember when I said this? Remember when I said this? Well, I thought Nathaniel Hackett would be a good coach. No, so I was a clown. Uh, I, 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 was, I, had, I, I had no idea it would go that badly for him. I, I was way wrong. I'm, I'm not, I don't think he was on his way to being the next Belichick, but I thought he would be the next in the line of these young, young offensive-minded coaches. I, was, I never thought, saw it going like this. Yeah, it was it was horrible, and and again, there's a little bit of data that still has to come in in terms of is this a Russell Wilson problem or a Nathaniel Hackett problem? The Broncos have to make it a Nathaniel Hackett problem because they can buy out his contract. They can't buy out Russell Wilson's contract if they cut him. It'd be 107 million in dead money. It'd be unprecedented, and they basically would be fielding an expansion team next year uh, to to play under the cap. So they've got to keep Russell Wilson. So they had to make this move. And we'll see. Nathaniel Hackett's a young coach. He is well-respected. Uh, if the next coach can't fix Russell Wilson, then I think Nathaniel Hackett will get somewhat of a pass for this uh, three or four years down the line. But, uh, but just an absolute debacle. And I, I was shocked. I thought Russell Wilson would be great in Denver. I like the weapons. Uh, I never dreamed he'd turn into the player that he's turned into. And so now we'll see. I don't think it's a very attractive job, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see if he can be fixed. Uh, I, my money is that he cannot, and that a year from now this will not be viewed as a Nathaniel Hackett problem. This will be viewed as a uh, Russell Wilson problem. Yeah, and I will say this. The carousel, as often, will be wildly entertaining this year. And I am so glad to not participate in it. Absolutely. This is a wonderful year to not be participating in what's going to be a crazy carousel once again. I was sent odds today for Coach of the Year, and Doug Peterson 
five weeks ago was not on the board. Right. And is now third. Yeah. I'm, now, I don't think he's going to win it. I right. think Sirianni is, is the overwhelming favorite to as win he, it. As he should as be. As he should be. Right. And Shanahan was second uh, in, in San Francisco, uh, which makes a ton of sense. They're still winning, and they're on their third quarterback. But Doug Peterson's third, uh, which is just remarkable. But it's well-deserved, and absolutely, the Jaguars. There's a lot of things the Jaguars have been involved in in recent seasons. Coaching carousel, top five in the draft, or maybe top of the draft. Uh, tons of cap space to spend in free agency. This offseason is going to be radically different than the one that we're used to, but that is a good thing. There'd be nothing better than picking you know, 28th in the draft because you got to the divisional round or maybe even got all the way to the uh, AFC title game if you're able to beat Tennessee and uh, win the home playoff game and go on the road and pull a shocker. uh, I mean, it it could be a lot of fun. So it's going to be a much different offseason, but that is a great thing for the Jaguars. All right, let me set the scene for you today. Mark Vandermeer is a terrific play-by-play voice of the Houston Texans. He'll join me at 4 o'clock today on the program talking all about Houston and and look, they've played better. I know they've only won two games. Last three weeks, they've yeah, been tough. They really have. They they should have beat Dallas. They almost beat the Chiefs, took them to overtime, and then did win last week. So he'll talk about the growth of the Texans. So Mark will join me at 4 o'clock on the program. Uh, Denny Thompson stops by to talk quarterback play at 5 o'clock. Uh, and, of course, we'll talk Jags a whole lot more. The mass exodus in Gainesville is a topic. It's amazing. And I know you got to strip it down and rebuild it. That's today's way. But, my goodness. Uh, it has been significant. And well, so, well, they okay. have Graham Mertz coming. They have the, the Graham Mertz era. I mean, begins. so it yeah. doesn't really matter who I, leaves. I as long were, as you have Graham Mertz, well, I, you could have Graham Mertz and 84 mannequins, you're yeah. going to have a really good team. Well, not only that, but I saw this. It's all about fit. It's not just about talent. Hayes, it's about fit. I've read 7,000 places that Billy Napier wants a dual-threat quarterback that can run into Graham Mertz has rushed for negative yards right. in his career. That yeah, makes all the sense I'm not in the world, He's it? rushed for negative yeah. yards in his career. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll uh, talk about We've got a lot of things to talk about. The Knowles playing a couple nights. Oh, what a good season it's been for Florida State. We'll touch on that because it's really our only day here. And then the playoffs. Next time we see you after this, uh, the, uh, the final two teams will be set. So uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia versus uh, Ohio State, Michigan versus TCU will have been played. So we've got a lot to talk about. We're glad you're with us. But let's talk Jaguar football. What happened with the Jets? Who should they play? Who should they not play? Let's kick this thing off with Jags. We're glad you're with us on a Tuesday. Our Tuesday's always brought to you by my friends at the Nimnik family of dealerships. Nimnik Chevrolet, uh, Nimnik Buick GMC. They do a fantastic, fantastic job. We thank our friends from Nimnik very, very much for, for sponsoring this show so, for so many times. And we're live at Island Wing Company in Bartram, in your neck of the woods here, Hayes. That's right. And, and it's packed in here, by the way. So yeah. come on by and join some of the fun. Back in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Quarterback sneak dives for the end. Oh, touchdown! He dove over the top, then Trevor Lawrence, touchdown Jaguars. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Weren't a whole lot of highlights in that game. That was the touchdown. That was the touchdown. And uh, that's all that mattered. Uh, I don't love him reaching it over like yeah. that, but it was clear. And, and, and But I don't love that decision. You could do it on that play because he was so close. You're so close. Yeah, the, the, he was way over. Yeah. Yeah. Before the ball got knocked it, out. Of, it was. Yeah, but so, I, still, I still. But it makes you nervous. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a huge right. fan of that. All right, let's, let's start with uh, the obvious. Let, let, let's let not bury the lead on this, Hayes. The, the narrative, who do you play, who do you not play, how should Doug Peterson play this? For that matter, how should Mike Vrabel play it? Um, what do you think these guys should do? What do you think these guys will do with regard to who do you play and who do you hold out? I think the Jaguars, I, I, I think they're going to 
treat it like it's a game they've got to have. Um, I, I certainly don't have a problem with that. I think as this team gets a little bit more seasoned in coming years, that maybe at that point you're able to pick and choose and rest guys a little bit. But there's no, there's, there's no maturity to speak of here. They might handle it great, but you just don't know. They're, they're, they're all so young when it comes to this. And I am a little worried about if you take your foot off the gas and send the message of this game isn't important, but we're going to be ready in two weeks, I, I, I get a little concerned with that because this is not a veteran team that's making their fourth trip or potentially fourth straight trip or third trip in five years where there's a core of guys that have done this. I think if you're the Titans, you can take that approach. But for the Jaguars, and, and I know it's, it's a risk, but I, you know, I, and I do think there's something to winning the nine games. I, I think that would mean a lot for the psyche of this club to have a winning season uh, in the regular season, particularly you know, after they went through such a brutal October. I would be fine if they decided to rest guys. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and so I get it. Right. I, I, to me, it's Doug Peterson's done such a magnificent job with this team that whatever he decides, I'm fine with. And I do, I do understand that if I take my foot off the gas, will we be able to crank it back up against Tennessee? This show is the most boring when we say almost exactly the same things. So uh, boring, uh, uh, a boring warning. But I think you hit everything exactly right. The last thing's the first thing. This guy knows what he's doing. He's got a good feel for this. I would agree, too. I also think he's going to play people. Let's be clear about this. Other than injured guys, Foley Fadakasi or Trayvon Walker, who you may not want to rush back, you're only talking about five to seven guys. Remember, you only have 53. Yeah. Be, you, and you've exactly. got, you got to play 35 to 40 in an NFL game. Right. So you're really talking about five to seven guys. You're talking about Trevor, Etienne, the three receivers, uh, Alua Khan, Rayshon. That's about it. Maybe Tyson Campbell. That's it. Other than those seven players or whatever the number is, the rest are going to play. There's, there's, you're not debating the rest. So you're really debating Trevor, Travis, the three receivers, Aluakon, your tackle leader, maybe Campbell and Rayshon Jenkins. I don't think you even debate the other guys. They all got to play. So given that, do you play those five to seven guys? My guess is that he will, but I'm with you. If he, if he, if he announces he's holding him out because we're trying to win the division, I'm okay with that. I don't think there's a right or wrong here. But I do think there is something to – it's a young, fragile, psychological team. They all are. So you've talked about the only thing that matters every Sunday is winning the game. That's all that matters. Every Sunday you play. And it, you've gotten through to these guys to where now they understand that the only thing that matters is winning the game. It's hard to change that message. That message is working now. You've won four in a row. You, 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 you've, won, you've won three in a row. You've won four out of five. You've won five out of seven. It's hard to change that message now when, you've got, when, you're, when you're playing this well. So my guess is that's what he will do. I'd be okay if he went the other way too. So, so I think that. I, I also think there's not a great history in this league for resting and winning. Right. Uh, you know, you go back to the Colts, the year they were undefeated and, and they took everybody out. They weren't able to hit the gas. They ended up getting upset in the playoffs. Uh, it, it seems like it's happened more often than not that teams, when they rest, it doesn't tend right. – to lead to great success. Yeah, and if you're if you were fourteen and if you're undefeated like you said, or if you're fourteen and two and you had home field throughout, then I could see sitting the quarterback. I, I, I could see that. But you're not, you know, and so so I think the momentum and the momentum Trevor Lawrence has created is significant. So I, again, 
if Doug Peterson goes a different way and says I'm not playing him, I'm okay with that. But I, I, I don't sense that's what's going to happen. So that's, so, so that's that answer. Second question, second part of the narrative. Do you think the game gets flexed? And, and before you answer the question, this week Steelers-Ravens got flexed. Frankly, there are more important games. Now, that's an important game. But there are more important. I mean, the Ravens are in and the Steelers are, are they out yet? They're yeah. not out yet. Yeah, I the, think by the, beating the Raiders, they stayed in. They stayed. Well, they stayed. They did. They definitely stayed in by beating the Raiders. Oh, but, you, but, but did somebody? But then the Chargers well, winning. There's still, one spot left. That's right. So with yeah. the Chargers winning, so I think for the most, so they're not. They're not mathematically. I don't out. think they're out. But 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 they I, need some. They need the Dolphins yeah. to lose. But my point is, there's other games: Jets, Seahawks, Dolphins, Patriots that probably have more significance. But they flexed the Steelers, Ravens for ratings. So that was they. They kind of combined ratings and relevance. Okay. Well. The Jags-Titans are not going to do ratings, okay? That, that, whether we like it or not, that's the reality of, of, of our country is that the Jags-Titans are not going to do ratings. So if they, if they flex us to Sunday night, they're flexing it for one reason. Having said that, I think they might because there's a lot of good. In, other than the fact that it's not, they're not in great ratings markets, and they're, they're, I mean, cumulatively very bad ratings markets, other than that, there's all kind of drama. There is, number one, it is a rivalry. It is, for, it is a championship game. You are playing for the championship of the AFC South. That's pretty cool. You don't get, the league doesn't fall into that very often. We're on the last week of the season, and what would be the last game of the season if it got flexed, those two teams are playing for the championship. It's, a championship, it's like the SEC championship game. You are playing for the championship game. That's pretty cool. So that's one reason to flex it. Number two, you've got one of the budding stars of this league that everybody's talking about. And, and you'd have a chance to have him on national TV, assuming he plays well this week, while he is scorching hot. Make no debate. It's not just us Jacksonville guys saying this now. He is the next – Trevor Lawrence is the next big thing, and there's no debating that. You also would have well, the, the most physical running back in the league since Earl Campbell in the game. There, there's some, there is some charm to that. And the fact that he's playing against his hometown team, trying to win a com- trying to win the division championship, there's great drama. So if you could get beyond the rating, if if NBC doesn't insist on playing the ratings game or the NFL plays the ratings game, every other reason, not Saturday, you'd flex that to Sunday night. Well, and and I, I agree with all that. The other thing that that I would say to the league and to the uh, NBC executives is this is a chance to grow your brand. This is a chance to give two outposts that don't get the five primetime games every year to, to give them a little bit more relevance. And I do think, at least from a league perspective, that's something that should be attractive. It's the only win and you're in, lose and you're out game that I think we're going to have in Week 18. Tampa Bay plays Atlanta, uh, and, but, but Atlanta's now two back of, of Tampa Bay. So I don't – that. It doesn't look like the Falcons are going to be in a, in a relevant position. We'll see what happens this week. But, uh, but you know, if Baltimore-Cincinnati, they're both in. That's, they're both playing on. And so I think from a drama standpoint, you love to be able to push that narrative throughout a broadcast of whoever loses this game is done. Their season right. ends tonight. The winner wins the division and goes on to host. Uh, so, again, and, and I think the league needs to embrace – course this is coming from a Jacksonville yeah. citizen but I think the league should embrace the fact 
that it's not two of their marquee teams. This is a chance to to give a, a brighter spotlight to two franchises that don't normally get it. And, and frankly, I 100% agree with that. But it is the win-and-go-home game. It is the winner wins the division, loser stays home for the most part. That, that is in play. It, you, ne- you don't have those very often. But in a, don't discount, and I know you haven't, but people listening, don't discount. If this was the Colts and Matt Ryan versus, or Nick Foles or Sam Ellinger versus the Titans and Malik Willis, that's a different game than somebody versus the Jags and Trevor Lawrence. The league loves to show off its stars. Absolutely. And this is, in addition to everything we just said, back to what I said, this is a chance to showcase your star. I mean, this guy's a budding star, man. I mean, look at the, if you haven't looked at the numbers in the last seven games, shame on you. This is a budding, budding, budding star. I mean, this is, this is Mahomes, Josh Allen, budding star, Joe Burrow. I mean, right now, those, you saw the, the, the graphic that the 33rd team, whatever that is, yeah. put out there that, that we all retweeted. And, I, and I was, uh, many people quote tweeted it before I did, but I was going to quote tweet it anyway. That's the graph Of all the graphics, that's the graphic. The one, I mean, it's got Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Burrow are the three guys. Okay, they're the no disrespect to Justin Herbert, no disrespect to other, but those are the three guys. Okay, and there was Trevor right there with those three guys, and his numbers were either the same or better in almost every category. Yeah, across. I mean, that was a great graphic for certainly for us, but a very telling graphic for the league. And so, um, the opportunity to showcase Trevor freaking Lawrence on top of everything else, I think there's a chance that game's going to NBC. I, I, I think there's a. I think I'm guessing. I'm guessing there's a pretty good chance, particularly if they they, they got to win this week. I mean, I, I think losing this week somehow takes the luster off that. When did they decide that, by the way? I think they're going to decide it either at halftime of the Monday night game uh, with Buffalo and Cincinnati okay. or right after that game is, uh, okay, so, is my so, understanding. So, so I, I think we'll find out uh, Monday night. Okay, but the, the, the Jags and Texans will have played. Yes. Okay, so I – Assuming the Jags win that game and stay hot and come in there having won six out of eight, I think there's a good chance that that's the game. The other thing, too, that I think the league needs to take a look at as well is the extra rest component of this. I do think you can't just throw out competitive balance when you're talking about a game with these kind of stakes. Tennessee is going to have more rest. They're playing Thursday night at home against Dallas. So they're going to have more rest regardless in Week 18, and that's fine. That comes with the territory. But if you place the Jaguars on Saturday, now you're putting the Jaguars on a short week in a division must-win game with Tennessee having extra rest. And, I, don't, and I, I do think they have to consider that as well. If you put the Jaguar-Titans game on Sunday, then the Jaguars are getting the same amount of rest they would normally get, and the Titans are getting the, the nice mini-buy. Uh, so I, you know, I think that's another component to this that the league should look at and, and put a little bit of pressure on NBC to say, this is really the game I think you should take from a competitive standpoint. It's a game we like and the chance to showcase a young rising star that a lot of people around the nation have, have yet to see. And it's a, a winner go home game. So my hope is it's Sunday night uh, in prime yeah, mine time. Too. Mine too. And uh, yeah, I, I do think there's a good chance. Night games are fun. Oh, on top of everything, night games are fun, and, and the national game is fun. and yeah, I, I, That becomes you. one of the biggest games we've ever had here. That's correct. That's correct. And it's perfect that it's at the team against the team 
that has been the enemy, that has yeah. been the dagger. The, the most important game ever played in this stadium was in 1999 or the 99 season yep. against the Titans, and the bad guys won. This would be the next most important game ever played in this stadium. I mean, it really would now that look, the Dolphins, the 62-7 to game is pretty important too, but that thing was out of hand in the middle of the second quarter. But, but yeah, this would be uh, – so, so let's hope it goes that way, um, and I hope it does. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to stay on the Jaguars, stay on Trevor Lawrence, stay on this game against the Texans, the importance of it. But I want to talk a little bit about the quarterback. Uh, that's next. Glad you're with us. We're live at Island Wing Company. In about a half an hour now, Mark Vandermeer joins me. He is the play-by-play voice of the Houston Texans. But we'll talk more Jaguars after this. Stay with us. Good teams win games for sure. Uh, they In this this point in the season, you, you got to. and It's, it's where we're at. Um, we understand the task in front of us, and I've said that the last couple weeks. We, every game's a must-win for us, and that's how we're treating it. And we understand that, and we love it. You know, that's the that's the – position we put ourselves in good and bad you know so we're you know we love where we're at we love the momentum we have but yeah I mean good good teams win win these games because you got to um and so yeah it was a it was a great day a lot better feeling this time around than when we we were here last year so it's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie show Nimnik your friends in the car business since 1941 the comments of Trevor Lawrence after the Jags' victory over the Jets last uh, Thursday night. All right. I've been careful about this, Hayes. The I said you, it takes time. It takes time. I just realized I sent you a text that was meant for Gene. So oh, did you? For, for your, oh, yeah. good. Did you, say, did you say I love you? I did. So uh, uh, so you have that to look forward oh, to. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so make sure you hold on to that I, one I, in, in perpetuity. I, I will. And by the way, I, I, I just see it now. Hayes, I want you to know I love you, too. Okay. So, yeah, so, so, thank so, you. So, 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 I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, I don't get a lot of texted men for someone's <laughs> wife very often. So this is a really exciting moment for me, okay? It's after I've had a few drinks here tonight, right. I, may, I may tweet it. So there's that. The, uh, the, uh, what can I say? I'm embarrassed. The, uh, let me tell you this. Uh, and, I, and I've been careful as, I, as I've said this, Hayes. It takes time. People gave up on him too. No one gave up on him. But people were worried too soon. It takes time to get good in the NFL. And, and, and he just got here. It's still only been 30-whatever starts. Uh, but I will tell you this, and I will say it now. We've all followed sports our whole life, and we followed team sports all our life. Okay, We all have. And you don't get to be the city very often, not just Jacksonville. You don't get to be the city very often where LeBron or Jordan or Gretzky or Patrick Mahomes come along. You just don't, you don't get that. You don't get Aaron Judge very often. And, and, and I'm not saying he's all that yet. But, and he may not be all that. He may not become that. But we might have that. We, our city, thank you, Frank Gore, and all the other things we've all said, but you, you don't get to be the city where LeBron James pops up. You just, you don't, Kansas City's had a great football heritage. Len Dawson was great, and they won a Super Bowl, and Hank Scram matriculated the ball down the field, and they had all this great stuff. But they got to have Patrick Mahomes, and they're going to have him for the next 10, however many years, too. They, they got to be the city that has him. You know, they're counting their blessings. I promise you they're counting their blessings. They got to have him. For all that didn't go right in Cleveland, they got to have LeBron James. All right? So, and, and, and Edmonton had Gretzky before L.A. had. I'm talking about the first one to get these guys. This is special, what's going to happen here with this guy. He is, if you heard Tony Baselli today on the drill, everything he said is correct. He's got the hardware, man. He's six foot six. He's 225 pounds. He's got a great arm, and he's really fast, and he throws a beautiful ball. He's got the software. He's smart as hell. He understands what defenses are doing. He's a good teammate. He's got the, he's got the character. 
I mean, barring an injury, barring something nobody could see, it's going to be hard for this one to go wrong. And, oh, by the way, he's got the perfect coach to develop him. This is, I mean, this is, I'm trying not to be giddy guy on a Tuesday afternoon on a radio show, but I'm kind of giddy guy. You just don't get this. You just don't get this very often in professional sports, and we have it. Doesn't matter how we got it. Doesn't matter why we have it. Jacksonville has been the city that didn't get to have what these other cities have too many times, and I'm, we're born and raised here, man. And I, look, listen, I I'm a Pirates fan and I'm a Gators fan. And I grew, and I grew up. My dad, I rooted for the Steelers, and and and. But it's different when it's your hometown. It's different when it's here where we we get we got Trevor Lawrence. And, and, and without sounding like fanboy here, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to be radio guy. But I want to capture this. This is pretty spectacular what might be happening, what is happening now. It might happen for a long, long time. You just don't get that very often, and this city has that. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you said when it comes to Trevor. The other thing, too, that, that we've learned about Trevor over these last six weeks that I love, he also has that edge. You know, there was a little bit of, how, you know, does he take things personally? Well, we know that now. Uh, he takes things personally. He plays with an edge. And, and that's the other element uh, to him. Obviously, we knew he was a, a great ambassador. We knew, obviously, the skill set was elite. Uh, we knew the mental toughness of going through last year and not being shell-shocked by it. Um, but he really, and, and we're starting to see the clutch pick up as well in terms of the comebacks that, He's had against the Ravens and Cowboys, and uh, and so you're starting to see all of that. You're starting to see a, a nuclear weapon fully formed and functional, uh, and and ready. and And that's what this is. And and the beauty of how this league is structured, uh, you're you're going to have him. Yeah, this, in NBA, I think you have to worry about you know superstars and are you going to be able to keep your superstars. Certainly in Major League Baseball, depending on what team you pull for. You might lose your star at some point. You're not losing this star, not because of any financial reason. Uh, if if Trevor Lawrence is an elite quarterback, he could conceivably be the quarterback here for 15 or 20 years. Well, there's no reason why it wouldn't be. Yeah, there, there's no reason why it wouldn't be. And, and I think, and with and with coaching with with coaching quarterback, I've said this many times, comes Super Bowl appearances and, and often Super Bowl wins. With Belichick and Brady came a bunch of rings. With Sean Payton and Drew Brees came a ring. With Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning came a ring. With Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes came a ring. When you get that part figured out. Now, there's some teams that win Super Bowls without a great coach or without a great quarterback. Not very often anymore. But when you get that part figured out, you win Super Bowls. That's what happened. And again, that's not my math. That's just the math. And so I, 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 and I, and I just want to make sure, and I, and I have hesitated going there on this radio show until now, even though we all kind of thought it. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's not stuff that nobody's thought about. But I've hesitated until going there uh, into now. Here's the Hall of Famer, my friend Tony Baselli, this morning on The Drill, talking about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, he has every, he has every tool you want. Dan. He has a big arm. He's athletic. He's smart. He works hard. He's competitive. He's unafraid in the pocket. The natural leader. He is that guy. And he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. It is not a fluke. It is not a short-term thing. He will be that next year. He'll be that the year after. He'll be that until he is retired. And how often have we had that? How, not we. 
How often have they had it anyway? How often have the Bears or the Vikings or the or the, the the Cowboys or the, the the Titans or the Chargers? How often does anybody get that? The Patriots. Look, the Patriots are a fine franchise. Okay, they had Jim Nance and Steve Grogan with a long neck. Okay, mm-hmm. they had they had Jim Nance the running back. They had, but they were just they were nothing. They were nothing. They were just they were probably the fourth most by a wide margin. The fourth most important franchise in that area. They were certainly not the Celtics. They were certainly not the Red Sox. And hockey people tell me they were certainly not the Bruins. They were they were the fourth most important franchise in their own city. When when I thought of the Patriots, I would think of the '85 Bears. Yeah, who, that, who, that who beat was them the, by a hundred. Yes, that was the identity of yeah. the New England Patriots. And they're Tom, the team the Bears pummeled. Yeah, and Tom Brady comes along, and they become the most talked about franchise in American sport for two decades. For two decades. The Chicago Bulls, I'm sure they've had other good players. I'm sure Bob Butterbean Love and Chet Walker, who played for them. I'm sorry, I apologize for knowing that, but I do. Who played for them in the 70s. I'm were, not going to ask for numbers. Okay, so and I, I do know that. Okay, so I, I mean, Jerry Sloan, before he was a coach, God rest his soul, the Jazz played for the Bulls. Norm Van Leer. But I'm sure they had teams. But they but, were nothing. But, and then Michael Jordan showed up. Right. And when he shows up, everything changes. And, and again, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is automatically going to be Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. They're two of the greatest athletes, team sports athletes of all time. I know that. But this is a, there's a possibility that our city has that now. Man, is that cool. That Man, is that cool. It, I guess that's yeah. the point. Even if he's just – even if Trevor Lawrence is just very good, what that does is it puts you in the tournament every year for the most part, uh, particularly now that there's seven teams. So – if, if Trevor Lawrence is a very good starting quarterback in the NFL, if he never eclipses Mahomes, Josh Allen, if he kind of runs neck and neck with Burrow and Herbert, you're going, you're going to the tournament every year. And, again, for this franchise, I mean, that, that is – how many times has this, team, has this franchise been to the playoffs in its history? Six? What is it? Uh, uh. 17. I mean, it's probably it's roughly six, right? Yeah, the, the playoff the playoffs they went in ninety six, uh, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety nine, three, um, seventeen and seven uh, and seven. Oh, seven. Five, so five, so or five six. teams, five, yeah, five, five, five or six. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I want to say the number seven, but not very okay. many. Yeah, so okay. let's even say it's seven times yeah. in twenty five years. Yeah, something to that yeah, effect. Yeah. Well, you might go. Seven times in the next eight years with this guy, right? Particularly if you get in this year. Yeah, and I mean, if you get in this year, you're stealing money. And with this, cat, if you get in this right. year, and with this cat coaching him, you probably are going a bunch. We just we just haven't had that before. And what Tony Baselli said on the drill, uh, it's going to be that way his whole career. There's nothing that could mess it up. There's some guys that they messed it up because they're entitled. That ain't happening here. There's some guys. Andrew Luck's a wonderful guy. He's a good teammate, a good player, but he was always quirky. I remember the story when he came out of Stanford, the big Sports Illustrated story. I don't remember who wrote it. Remember the story? Yeah. About how, how unusual and quirky, and mm-hmm. he doesn't think like a star athlete. Right. Well, that led him away from football. That, that led that, and that's okay, by the way. That's right. his choice. But the quirkiness, this guy isn't quirky. This guy's just your regular guy, you know? So, um, yeah, these are, these are exciting times. They, they really are. I, I am. I am real excited about what I think Trevor Lawrence will be. And the other part of that is I do think, you know, they've done a nice job of building around him in, in, in just year two. 
Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram, that, that was a great group, man. The Kirk is as good as I thought he would be. Zay Jones is way better than I thought he would be. Evan Ingram stayed healthy and and went to a quarterback who said, what was one of the first things Doug Peterson said? I like tight ends. I like I like to use my tight end. And so uh, – and so, and you got Calvin Ridley coming in twenty twenty three. Calvin Ridley's coming. You got a thousand yard back. They, right. They've built around this guy, you know. So, I mean, they've they they got some work to do defensively, and the, the roster is far from complete. We all know that. But for the here and now, um, it's a it, it's a good, it, it's hard not to be excited about this. It really it's really really hard. Not and again, I have hesitated. This man, I I, I have I did not want to go too over the moon, but. Man, there's not much not to like about about the way they're playing. I, 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 you know, in New York, it's raining. It's miserable. It's, uh, um, I mean, it's a hard game to set. My wife came and some of our friends came, and they promptly sat in the club the whole time, just so you know. So they, they, weren't, they weren't brave in the rain. And I, don't, and I don't blame my wife for doing that. Um, but you could feel that. The level of confidence that the Jags had compared to the level of confidence that the Jets did not have. I don't, know if you, I don't know if it came through on the television, but you could feel it in that stadium. You could feel it from those fans. You could feel it being around New York media, and there's a lot of New York media, more than normal because it's a game that the Giants weren't playing, and it was, it was the only game going. And, it was, and you could just sense the confidence and direction and momentum of one team versus the other. And how many times have we been the other in, in, in so many games? But you could, I'm telling you, Hayes, you could, could you feel that? during? I didn't see the broadcast, and I haven't gone back and watched it, but could, could you feel that in the broadcast? You could certainly feel that Zach Wilson was given no chance from the crowd to do anything. Now, he didn't help his cause at all but with how he played. But the biggest thing that came across was just how much disdain the Jets fans have for Zach Wilson. They couldn't yeah. wait to boo him. It couldn't yeah. wait. Yeah. I mean, it was literally he, he ran out for the first snap, and, it, and they were booing him, it right. felt like. So, uh, so that really radiated through the broadcast. But, um, but yeah, and, and again, getting back to Trevor, to be able to you know, have a game earlier this season where you play lousy in bad weather, and then the next time you're in, it wasn't as bad, but you're in bad weather. You're in rain and, and cold weather. And to say, you know what, I'm going to utilize my legs a little bit more. We're going to be efficient. It was, you know, he shook off the, the early fumble. Yeah. It was everything you'd want. The maturity really showed through uh, in, in Trevor and, and the whole team. And, and now their maturity is going to be tested even further because now you have total control over your fate. Yeah, yeah. Playoff. These are playoff. We said two or three weeks ago they were playoff games. I told you three or four weeks ago, even when mathematically they weren't there yet, I told you it was my opinion that if they win the rest of the games they're in. And I said, I know that the, tech, the Titans have to lose again, but my gut is they're going to. So if the Jags went out, they're in, and, and now that has been the case. So let's take a break. When we come back, uh, tonight, the, uh, this weekend, by the way, we play a Texans team. The Jags play a Texans team that, despite only winning twice all year, has a modicum of confidence about themselves. They're playing a little bit better. Mark Vandermeer is one of my good buddies. He's the play-by-play voice of the uh, Houston Texans. He joins me after this to talk about this week's game, about the Texans, and a whole lot more. So stay with us. Now, hello. another great guest on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Houston, we got a problem. It is time now to talk some uh, Texans football. Welcome back to the program. My buddy Mark Vandermeer joins us now, the play-by-play voice of the Houston Texans. Mark, Merry Christmas. How are you? 
Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Frank. I know it's a happy holiday occasion for the Jacksonville Jaguars in first place now. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, boy, that is so true. And, and around here, we wouldn't have, but we're enjoying it. I can I can assure you of that. Um, hey, let's talk a little bit about the Texans, and we'll get to the Jags in a second. Boy, you're going through what we certainly have gone through even early this year. Played so many teams really close. Probably should have beat the Cowboys uh, overtime against the Chiefs. Then did get get home against the Titans. Do you see improvement? Because I sense from afar that's what's happening with the Texans. There's no question there's improvement. It's weird because they put Kyle Allen in the starting lineup at Miami, and it went terribly uh, early on especially, and Cleveland as well. And it was just a bad day for them against Cleveland. They turned the ball over a bunch. They played way sloppier than they have all season long because they've been actually pretty decent staying in games this season. Uh, But then Davis Mills comes back against Dallas, and they go with Jeff Driscoll as well in a two-quarterback system. And they played even snaps against Dallas, and that was a coulda, woulda, shoulda game. I mean, they had goal to go at the end, should have been able to get something on the board or at least a field goal. But if they scored a touchdown right there, you feel good about their chances. But then the Cowboys take over on downs and go 97 yards for the win. The following week, they take the Chiefs into overtime, and they lose on a pick that gave them a field goal spot for an easy victory ultimately. But they've battled hard. Beating the Titans was nice to see. And look, when they finish well, when they get to that fourth quarter crunch time period and they execute, that's a lot to ask for for some teams, especially the Texans based on a two-win total. But when they are able to do that, you feel really good about their chances. Mark, I get the sense, too, and a sense from afar, I suppose, that that they're playing hard for Lovey. I, I mean, it seems like Lovey's a good guy. He's a likable guy. Am I reading that right? It seems to be a decent culture there. I think so, Frank. I think that these guys get along. I mean, I really like these players. And I know you've been around a lot of teams that have not done as well as you want. Uh, And, you know, some teams you like better than others or you feel like they get along better than others. This team gets along. It's a good bunch of people. And they want to play hard for him. And I think they want to play hard for each other. And their battle cry is really, look, it's in the best interest of everybody's careers. Actually, that's my battle cry. (laughs) But their battle cry is put good stuff on tape because you never know who's watching. And everybody's got a future here. And whether it's together or apart, you want to put your best foot forward. That's why I say it's always in the best interest of everyone's career to win. You know, you don't want to tank, go for the number one pick. I get it that sometimes you get a great big prize like a Trevor Lawrence, but nobody really wants that position. And they're playing like they don't want it. And I like seeing it this time of year as they're in this mini division round robin we've got going on right now. Mark Vandermeer with us, the uh, terrific play-by-play voice of the Houston Texans. Tell me about Davis Mills. Like you said, he's back in the starting lineup. Uh, When I've watched, he's been good at times, not as good other times. What's your read on him? It's inconsistent. You know, he hasn't taken the jump that you wanted to see, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. Uh, He keeps level-headed despite everything. Uh, The turnovers have been a problem. He's thrown too many picks, and isn't that a problem for quarterbacks? But he also makes throws where you say, that guy's got it. That that, Amari Rodgers down the right sideline, game-winning drive against the Titans. He goes four for four, hits Amari Rodgers to get them in first and goal at the 10, then hits Cooks for the go-ahead TD. And along that way, that drive, you just felt like this is the quarterback. But I don't know if you've seen enough to make that determination. The strategy, Frank, coming into the year was, let's see what you got in Mills. Third-round draft choice from 2021. 
If he's the guy, great. If he's not, you'll probably be set up to draft somebody good in the 2023 draft where you have two first-round picks, and they also have two first-rounders in the 2024 draft. Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of other picks to work with as well, a lot of draft capital. You wanted to see if Mills could do it. It hasn't looked the way you wanted to see, but he still has two games left to show you some more here after what he did late in the game against the Titans. I mean, it had to hurt a little bit uh, when our guy Damian Pierce went down. I mean, you know how, you know what I think of him. I told you that yeah. before he ever played it down for you guys. That had to be a little bit of a blow for the Texans as well, I would think. Yeah, because he's probably one of their top two offensive players, right? And he didn't get to 1,000 yards. He got close, uh, but he served notice that he's going to be someone to reckon with in this league. The way he gets yards after contact is special. Uh, the way he can jump cut, very special. I think this is a player to watch. They have to add to the talent in the backfield, Frank. They have to continue to provide good ball carriers to this offense. But Damian Pierce is an excellent start, and I love seeing what they're getting out of him so far. So this game is when we get to Houston, obviously, as you know, as we all know, the Jags haven't played very well against the Texans. The, the Texans beat them every day. It, who, who remembers the last time the Jags even beat the Texans? How much does that help them? I mean, is there a confidence level in the Houston locker room that, yeah, the Jags are hot now and, and we've struggled, but we generally beat them? It, does it work that way in your mind? I don't think it does. I think they look at the Jags and say, oh, my gosh, this is the best team in the AFC South, right? I think that's how they view this at this point because it's a very different-looking team. Now, same guys, and, you know, I I know people come in and out of the lineup, but when you look at the way they're executing now, and we all know, look, I talked about the fourth quarter thing, you know, and and you were on my show talking about when you get coaching quarterback right. Right. I think it's a fourth-quarter game of third-down conversions largely in this league. If you're making them with a lead, you're keeping the ball away from the opponent. If you're making them with a deficit, well, you're chopping back into that lead and, and going a long way towards scoring and maybe be taking the lead for yourself and I think it just comes down to execution like that the Jags are executing and Trevor Lawrence is coming around they see that they know that Uh, so I don't know if it gives them any confidence really but Frank they they went out against the Chiefs and they had they gave the Chiefs everything they wanted and more and again that was a game where they made the stop in overtime how many times does Mahomes win the coin toss in overtime and when he does game over right he's gonna win the football game well we got the stop we sacked them on third down knocked them out of field goal range they punted then you threw a pick and lost the game but that's the kind of attitude they have. They feel like they can play with anybody. So I think they're confident anyway, but I think they really respect the Jaguars. And that's not just like friendly media speak here. Yeah. It's true. It's real, the respect for the Jags. Yeah, and I was going to ask that. That was my next question because you've touched on it a little bit. We do get the sense, I get the sense, while we watch Sports Center and NFL Network that, that there is a, a palpable buzz about the Jags now. I, I, I think that w- what do you see or hear from Houston? Because I, I, look, we haven't had that in a while, Mark. You know that. So, but I do sense. Mm-hmm. that people are talking about this team a little bit. Well, I just think the whole division gets uh, a lack of respect, right? And I know that the division's on a little bit of a shaky foundation right now because of what's happened to the Colts and the Titans having lost five in a row. And look, this is not the banner year for the AFC South. But I'm here for it, Frank. If I'm the Jaguars, (laughs) I'm excited. Uh, You know, I'd love to win a mid-teens AFC South-type championship where, you know, you win the division at 9-7 and or whatever it was at the time. And that's what kind of year we have now. But guess what? The NFC East, when they have a year like that when somebody's winning the division at nine and seven or eight and eight nobody well people are saying yeah it's not a great division but those are the marquee brands the big markets in the northeast 
The AFC South doesn't have that, even though Houston's a huge market. It's not the same, right? So the Jags aren't going to get that kind of buzz. You know, someday people are going to wake up and say, hey, this Jacksonville team's awesome, and look at the run they're on right now. And I think it's a great lesson in the NFL. You never know. I mean, you're 2-6. and six, It's right. over, right? Nope, not so much. Look at the surge, and anything's possible. That's why this league is so great. Are you surprised – that uh, and again, we all knew Houston was rebuilding after the Sean Watson trade. We've been rebuilding here. Are you surprised at a little bit of the dip that both the Colts and the Titans took? I mean, they have been they have not been like this. The Titans have been sort of the uh, standard bearer for this division for a while. Are you surprised at what they're going through? Yes, the Colts blow my mind, actually. I didn't think they were going to be great this year. I had my doubts about Matt Ryan, but not this bad, right? I didn't right. think it was going to be this tough for them. And I saw, you know, I don't follow them. We're going to play them next week, so I'll fully prep. But I think they were something like 3-3-1 three, three and one when, uh, I guess, ownership stepped in and said, start Ellinger. And three, three, and one. Let your guys fix it, right? right? right. The Jags were two and six. Look at them now. And I'm not saying that you know Frank Reich and Ballard are going to get the same leash because they've been at it for a while. But within the context of a season, you feel pretty good that Frank Reich might be able to turn things around, especially after what happened to the Titans. No one could have seen that coming, but it did. And I, you know, they've been living on borrowed time with all the injuries. Last year, they got through it. They got the top seed somehow. This year, it really cost them. Dearly, and here they are um, on the ropes. And I know it's going to be very special next week in the regular season finale in North Florida. Mark, final thing: what is the what? What do the Texans have to do to win this game? Obviously, they're playing better. They, they're in every game now. Uh, Jacksonville. I promise you, people here know that. Uh, we we we're not sure how the Jags are going to play this. Everybody knows the, the storyline by now that the last game is the one that matters most. Yet I yet I can tell you this: I know Doug Peterson, and he's he's happy about this winning streak. I don't think he wants to see that go away. So we'll see how the Jags play it. But what do the Texans have to do to win the game? All right, so the thing about the Texans this year is, and the record's worse than last year, but this is a better team. And I warned people that this could happen because the Texans really don't get blown out, right? And the defense is sneaky good, Frank. Don't look at the numbers. Oh, my gosh, they're near the bottom of the league. We're just going to go nuts and score 35 on them. It's not like that. They bend and not break. You're going to get yards. You're going to get some numbers. But you look up in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden they're within three. It's a game. How did that happen? That's the Houston Texans of 2022. And if they don't turn the ball over, and they're pretty decent at getting takeaways, not as good as last year, they've been getting more lately. If they don't turn the ball over, they can have a shot to beat anybody in the league, especially at home. So we'll see how it goes. Mark Vandermeer, the terrific play-by-play voice of the Houston Texans. Mark, I appreciate it, man. See you on Sunday. Look forward to it. Frank, always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Back in a moment on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Talk a little college football in a minute for our picks come up at 440. Um, but first, J.J. Uh, Watt said this is it. He's calling it a career. J.J. Watt, pretty good player. Magnificent player. And a great story. I, I yeah. You know, I'd forgotten the whole – was basically at a it, it's a was it a small school in Central Michigan maybe and yeah. then Transferred. basically transferred tight end. walked on yeah tight end yeah. and uh, ended up obviously just having an unbelievable career at Wisconsin ends up being a first round pick and uh, just an unbelievable career with the Houston Texans he was a nightmare to have to uh, go against in the division yeah. twice a year so uh, yeah I was surprised because it seems like he's still got something in the tank but uh, played well the other night it seemed but. Uh, but that's yeah. it. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. How about this stat? He has four seasons with 16 sacks or more. That's amazing. I mean, 16, and he did it four times. 
He was over 20 twice, wow. 20 and a half sacks twice, 17 and a half one year, 60. I mean, think about that for a second. Four seasons with 16 sacks or more. Unbelievable production. And, and he was a, also a, a clutch player. It yeah. seemed like he, you know, he made those plays at the, uh, at the best times for, for Houston. And so and he's having a good year. Yeah. He's going to have, he's going to have double digit sacks this year. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's it was a surprise uh, to see him uh, make that announcement, but uh, unbelievable career, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Texans don't have a, a pass rusher like him for a long, long time. One of the he, cool cool things about him, I don't know if you ever well. you ever walk around with him when he plays catch with the fans. No, <clears throat> what he would do is he take a football. You ever see him do it? Mm-hmm. He take a football, and then particularly with visiting fans, he'd be in a visiting stadium. He just walk around the the, the perimeter of the field. And have a football and throw it to a kid, and the kid would throw it back to him, and give him a thumbs up, and he'd keep doing it. It was really cool. cool. It was really, and I, I walked with him one time when he did it. He's just happy, just happy to meet mm-hmm. the fans and throw the football with him. He's he a cool guy, he really was. He's yeah. a, he's a, so JJ Watt, great player. I will retire 111.5 uh, career sacks, and not done. He's got a couple games left, so we'll see uh, what happens there. So Sam Hartman's going to Notre Dame. I thought you could get that done. I mean, I, I actually put that in. I actually put you in charge of getting him to Gainesville. What, what, what's going on here? I mean. Is the University of Florida serious about playing football anymore? Yeah. I mean, are they, are they, is this a serious endeavor, or is this basically intramurals? And here's the thing with Hartman. <laughs> That's funny. Here's the thing with Hartman, and I don't know the answer, by the way. Here's the thing with Hartman. It's clear he was going to Notre Dame the whole time. The whole time. Yeah, because the minute he didn't want to go to the portal until after he played in his bowl game, played in his bowl game, Went right to the portal, and word came out from Pete Thamel that he's, that he's headed to Notre Dame. So you have to know, and Thamel's connected at Notre Dame, so you have to know that they've known this for weeks. Right. They've known for weeks Sam Hartman was going to be the next Notre Dame quarterback. I mean, there's a – and look, I love my Gators. But if I could go to Notre Dame and I'm him and they, they had a better season in Florida, they're, 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 they're as blue as the blood gets, I don't blame him. I, um, my guess now is that, that the Michael Pratt guy's going to go somewhere too. But because Mertz went to Florida and Florida took him, I've got to believe Pratt isn't in play for Florida. I don't know. Wouldn't you think that? I, I would think it's it's over. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I'd be shocked because why would Mertz come if they're going to promise a, a player like Pratt Hartman rising if he leaves Utah after their game? They're not going to compete. They're going for right. to be you're the unquestioned right. starter. You're going to get all the reps. We're going to get you ready, and you're going to have a big time season. And I've got to believe Mertz. Same thing. Even though he's not, I can't believe Graham Mertz went to Florida without a guarantee that you are without question the only transfer we're taking. I, why, I, why would he do it? Yeah, I, that's that's what I would think as well. I mean, he he doesn't have the production, but right. why wouldn't you go to? East Carolina Correct. or Correct. You know, where, and, and know that you're going to be the starter. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, speaking of East Carolina, Emory Jones is going there to you know Cincinnati. That? I thought he was going to East Carolina. I th- he, Cincinnati? he tweeted Cincinnati. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah. my bad. Well, I thought it was East Carolina. Huh? But anyway, wherever Emory Jones is going, he's going to be the quarterback. Right. So, so you don't have to be a great player. So, But I, there's no doubt in my mind Graham Mertz is he doesn't go to Florida unless Billy Napier said, listen, our plan is – you're the guy. Now, Jack Miller could beat you out, but we're not going to go. We're not taking Michael Pratt after we take you. I've got, I have to believe that was the conversation. I have to believe. It. I would have to believe it as well. Now, you know, maybe does, could the Gators take, you know, Pratt, whoever, let's just hypothetically yeah. say, could they take Pratt and then tell Mertz, sorry, 
That oh, doesn't seem like something no. that you would do. I, I, no, I don't think so either. I, you wouldn't lie to the kid. I mean, Florida has not announced Graham Mertz. Right, right. He's committed to them. But I don't think Florida's put out any sort of statement saying, I, and I got I'll check on that. But I don't, I don't think Graham Mertz has been acknowledged. I, it's a, I got you. The Louisville defensive tackle they've acknowledged. Okay, interesting. I didn't realize that. So, good point. But, I, I mean, again, yeah. so that, that's – there, the, I still think it's 99% Graham Mertz is playing is for it, the Gators next year. Is it unnerving to you as a fl- follower of Florida like we both are that this many players are leaving? I, that I, doesn't bother It me. doesn't bother you. No. I mean, it's, and it, and it's starters now. I mean, it, they're now losing some starters. Now, I'm not sure they were great starters, but I thought the two offensive linemen that left, Tarkin Those are and Ethan the White. Two, yeah. yeah, Ethan White and Tarkin are pretty good players. I don't know if they're great players. But uh, but I think the, I think what 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 you're hearing is look everyone's leaving. If everyone, I what what I think you're seeing here now is, and you've always seen some of it, but the portal makes it more dramatic. I want to coach the guys I bring in, and I will coach as many of the inherited guys as I can. But I I really want to build this thing with the guys that I bring that I bring to campus. Well, and if that's the way it is. The good is you know you'll have your guys. The bad is it's going to take longer. I now, I can't imagine unless there's a they, just an influx of, of portal guys in the next wave of portal guys. Remember, you can go in the, after spring too, and there's still a little bit of time left now before. But I, unless there's an influx of portal guys, when you play in that conference and you start at Utah and then play – you start at Utah you, – you start the season with Utah – you end the season with Florida State, which is probably a top ten team, and you have the SEC in between. I can't imagine that it's going to be a good year next year. I can't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to put a number on it, but 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 if they'll I, be lucky to win seven games, you would certainly think that six and seven is in play. Six or seven wins is in play. More than nine or ten are in play. You would certainly just again a lot can happen between now and when they kick off in August. But it, it, and and there's some decent young players. But, boy, it sure doesn't look like a group in that league. They're, you're in the Southeastern Conference, man. You know, you're playing Tennessee and Georgia and whoever you play across the way. I can't imagine that they've got a chance to to be much better next year. Just just when I see the influx. And who knows? They're going to play a lot of freshmen. But uh, and, 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 again, I'll say this. The recruiting year was fine. It, it didn't finish the way people wanted to. I'll go to my grave saying losing those last three games cost them a handful of players, two or three players. But they still, and I don't follow it closely, but I read over it, uh, between 24-7, on three, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, everybody had them between like 9 and 11. And I think that, I think on three did a consensus of everybody had them ninth. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with your first real recruiting year comes in at ninth. A lot of four, 18 four-stars. So I think they're fine. And I, I think it's going to get built under him. Because I think if you, if you finish in the top ten in recruiting three, four years in a row, then you're going to have a good football team. You're going to be a competitive team that's going to play for some conference titles. But I think it may be slower than we thought. I guess that's the point. I think so. And, and again, I think there's going to be some pressure a year from now on Napier because it's going to be a harder sell on the recruiting trail, I think, over this next year. Now he'll have better relationships. He'll have a better foundation, uh, certainly today, than he did a year ago. But now it's, it's going to be harder to sell playing time because a bunch of this 20-man freshman class is going to be playing. Uh, and, and, frankly, you're going to have to combat. If, it's, if you're right around 500 again, 
you're going to have to now combat the negative recruiting component of why would you sign there? He's not going to be there. He might be there a year or two, and then he's going to be fired. Right. He's, he's been there for two years, and he's 12 and 14 or whatever the record ends up. Yeah. But, it, but I'm with you. I mean, I look at the schedule and what they have right now on paper. I, I don't know. I mean, if Graham Mertz is the answer, uh, I mean, you, you, I, I think you're in, in a bad way. And, again, if, if it's, well, Graham Mertz is just there to get us through the first few games until uh, Rashada's ready. Right. I don't love that plan either in terms right. of winning. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, what are all, and look, if Rashada, Rashada's coming, they announced him. If Lagway, the, the 24 five-star, the, the next year's five-star comes, and all indications are that he's, not, he's kind of a pied piper of sorts and the coach isn't going anywhere. So, again, in two or three years, they're going to have a lot of good players. They're, they're, he, he is going to build. He was hired to, bring in, to recruit and bring in good players. So I don't doubt that. I, I've said this. I said this. I tweeted this. My end-of-the-year my, my end feeling about Billy Napier and the Gators, I think he has created culture. I think he has got, he inherited the facilities. I think he's built the right recruiting team. I think he's going to bring in good players. I think Florida football will be in good hands uh, in terms of roster stocking. I don't know if he's a good game day coach. Um, I think I have a lot of questions about game, uh, play calling, game management, and I think he's going to have to grow there or maybe with other players, players that he picked, he'll do better at that. But I think he'll build the roster. So, um, but I, but I, I was kind of hoping Anthony Richardson would lead him to eight or nine wins and year two – with or without Anthony Richardson, it'd be nine or ten wins. In year three, they're they're in the hunt. That's not the way it's going to be. I guess the point is, I don't see that now. I agree. I think it, it, this wasn't year zero. This was year minus one. Yeah. And next year is going to be year zero. Right. And then in his third year is realistically going to be, uh, you know, his year one. But look, we talked about this last week. Yeah. You in twenty twenty four, you you are done with the Utah series, but they're twenty twenty four at a conference is absurd. They host Miami. They host UCF. They go to Florida State, and you don't know what the SEC schedule is going to be. Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous for Florida to play a schedule where you're playing Miami, Florida State, UCF, and your conference games, in my opinion. They've got one cupcake in 2023, and I get it. I get the the ticket sales and all that, and – I understand it, but don't be you know upset then when he's six and six in his third year for the third straight year. It'll be interesting to see what happens as they continue to build. And one final thought is, could there be more portal guys? I mean, they've got to mine the portal better than they have right now. It's a defensive tackle from Louisville and maybe a quarterback from Wisconsin. That's it, right? That's it. I mean, I mean, I mean. Meanwhile, FSU is killing the portal again. Right. They, they did not finish high in recruiting, 19th, I think. Mm-hmm. But they are crushing the portal again. Is it, is, are we going to look up and, and all of a sudden Florida's going to have four or five more guys coming in the portal? I would think, I think the hope there is that a lot of the targets that Florida's going to go after maybe aren't in it yet. Yeah. That they still have bowl games sure. uh, and, and are coming from programs that maybe have done a little bit better. So, I mean, that's, again... That's the only thing I can I can hope for, yeah. Because I can't imagine that the plan was to bring in a twenty man freshman class and then just sign two or three kids out of the portal. I mean, it, it, that that doesn't get it done at all. So 
I would imagine that over the next couple of weeks they add at least three or four, and then maybe once they get beyond spring practice, he adds two or three more then. All right, we'll take a break. Do you know what's coming up now? He's going to tell you. Oh, what we got. You're not going to believe this. Our picks contest comes up. Lauren, Lauren Brooks isn't here. Yeah. Lauren Brooks has stormed into the lease. She has. I mean, Lauren Brooks, with two weeks to go. We're down to two weeks now. Twelve games. With 12 games left. She's on the tee box on the 17th. She has, she has raced past Hayes Carlion. Uh, Gibby and I are pretty much out of it. We are. I'm, I'm back. I trail Lauren by nine, and Gibby trails Lauren by 14. So we're pretty much out of it. So it's going to be Hail Marys. I can't speak for Gibby. You're going to see some Hail Marys this week. Why yeah, not? Why not? You know, second and fourth don't That's matter. Right. And so they're going to be Hail Marys. But, I, uh, but Lauren Brooks has taken the lead over Hayes Carline, not in total number of games right, but in total points. Uh, last week she was 5-1, and one, seven point week because she had a game picker up around a money ball. Hayes and Gibby were both 4-2, and two, five total points. I was 3-3, three and three, three total points. I may drop even lower because I'm. You think I had Hail Marys? Last, I went all in last week. Yeah. Well, the good news is on all of our games. Yeah. I think the biggest spread is the Jaguars Texans game is a four point spread. So everything else, it's all close. It's pretty tight. Well, so uh, you, you you might hit a hail mary or two. We'll take a break. When we come back, our picks contest. Lauren is on vacation. She's giving me her picks. Uh, Hayes, Gibby, and I will go do our picks live. That is next. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Two weeks left in the picks contest. All of America gripping on this one. Wow. The standings look like this. Lauren Brooks, who's off today. I think she's listening. Absolutely. She's, uh, she, she and Brian are on vacation somewhere in South Florida. Oh, okay. Well, then no. I think she's listening. Oh, okay. okay I'm yeah, gonna, that's true. We do I, have an app. I, I think she's listening. I think okay. she's on the app. All right. Um, she has roared into the lead. She is 52 and 44, 68 total points. Hayes has more wins. 55 and 41 with 67 total points. Points will give you a championship. Uh, I'm uh, 51 and 45, 59 total points. Andrew Gibson, 48, 48, 54 total points. Lauren Brooks leads with game picker uppers. She's been very good there. She's got eight of them. Hayes has six. I've got four. Gibby's got three. She also leads in money ball. Uh, she is uh, eight and eight. None of us are really very good, are we? Uh, Hayes is six and ten. I'm four and 12. Gibby is three and 13 in money balls. Last week, Lauren five and one with seven points. Hayes four and two with five points. Gibby four and two with five points. I was three and three with three points. Here we go. Two weeks left. Gibby, you and I are gonna have to throw some hail marys, bro. I'm just telling you. That's all we got. Away. That's all we that's got all, left. That's all we got left. Here we go. Uh, Lauren goes first. I'll give you her picks. Hayes goes second. And Gibby, you and I are after that. Dolphins at the Patriots. Lauren Brooks likes the Dolphins on the road. Hayes Carline, he hails from the bowl school. Gunner on that punt team, what do you like? Yeah, I'm going to say with uh, Tua out, I will take New England uh, to, to D him up, and I'll take the Patriots at home. All right, I'm coming with Hayes Carline. That won't help me catch him, but it might help me catch Lauren Brooks. Andrew Gibson. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the Miami Dolphins here. I know that Tua's out, but I, I just think the Patriots offensively are – are a mess. Mac Jones is going back and forth with the offensive staff. It seems like all the time. I'm going to say that the uh, Dolphins win it. All right, so two, two and two right there. Jets are at the Seahawks. Lauren Brooks likes the Seahawks. Hayes Carline. The Jets are getting Mike White back, and I do like defensively how they're how they're playing. So I'll take the Jets here. The Jets. We go different again. Andrew Gibson. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Uh, Geno Smith actually, I think, made the Pro Bowl. <laughs> With the year he's having, I'm going to take Seattle at home. Huh. Do I give Carline an opportunity? 
Can't do it. I'm taking the Jets too. I can't let you. I can't let you have that two pointer. <laughs> Packers at home against the Vikings. Lauren Brooks likes the Viking Vikings on the road. Hayes Carline. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Lambeau. I think they're starting to uh, find their stride. It looks like I have copied Hayes Carline, but I'm taking the Packers too in this. I thought the Giants almost beat them last week. I think they found their stride as well. Andrew Gibson. I'm going to take the Vikings on the road. The Vikings are 12 and three, but they're like a. They're an odd 12-3, and three, but th- I still think they're going to go on the road. Packers are playing better to Hayes' point, but I- I'm going to take Minnesota. Boy, it's you and me versus Hayes and Lauren in this one. Interesting stuff. Right. Uh, Ravens at home against the Steelers. Lauren likes the Ravens at home. Hayes Carlion. I-, I am going to take the Ravens at home as well. I'm going to give Andrew Gibson a chance for a game picker-upper because I'm pretty convinced the Ravens are going to win this game with or without Lamar, who do you like, Gib? I will gladly take the game picker-upper. Give me hey, the Steelers. Here comes Gibby. Steelers have won a bunch. They, they, they also let the Jags start at 3-7. Now they're 7-8, so we will see. Bengals at home against the Buffalo Bills. Lauren Brooks likes Joe Burrow and the Bengals at home. Hayes Carlisle. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I like Josh Allen. Uh, I think the Bills are figuring out some things, so I will take Buffalo on the road. I'm going to come with Lauren Brooks on this one. I'm going to take the Bengals at home. I'm with her this time. Andrew Gibson. Dang it, man. I thought I was going to get a game picker upper because I thought all you guys were going to go Buffalo. The Bengals have won seven in a row. They've won nine out of ten. Outside of the Jaguars, they're the hottest team in the NFL. I'll take the Bengals at home. All right, so so Hayes Carline has a chance for a game picker up there. That could be big now with two weeks to play. That's the Monday night game. And finally, the Houston Texans at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Lauren Brooks likes the Jags. Hayes Carlin. Yeah, I like the Jags. They're red hot. I think they're going to go to Houston, take care of business. I think everybody plays that can play. I think Trevor plays really well. I like the Jaguars, and I like the Jaguars. Big. Andrew Gibson. Yeah, I agree with Hayes. This should be a woodshed game for the Jaguars at Houston. I know the Jaguars haven't won against the Texans in, what, nine years or something crazy. The way the Jaguars are playing, I don't think the Texans have a shot. Okay. I uh, I don't think the Texans have a shot in hell to win this game. <laughs> I think the Jags are going to beat the Texans really about three touchdowns. But you've got an open three-pointer. But I've got an open three-pointer, and I've got to take it. Okay? I have no choice. I actually, if you ask me really what I think the score of this game is going to be, I think the score of this game is going to be 28-6, to six, yeah. okay, Jaguars. But, uh, listen, I'm down eight. Yeah. I'm down. I, I got a wide open shot. It's a, yeah. it's a big win. Uh, I will take the Texans on the road, even though I think I've lost my mind. So, uh, I really think the Jags are going to roll them. But I'll take the Texans. So, there you go. The Dolphins and Patriots right down the middle. Lauren and Gibby like the Dolphins. Hayes and I like the Patriots. Seahawks and Jets right down the middle. Lauren and Gibby like the Seahawks. Hayes and I like the Jets on the road. Um, Vikings and Packers, same thing. Lauren and Gibby say Vikings. Hayes and I say the Packers. Steelers, Ravens. Gibby's going game picker-upper. He's the only one that takes the Steelers. The rest of us like the Ravens. Bills and Bengals. This is Hayes with a game picker-upper. The, how about that? The Buffalo Bills game picker-upper. You wouldn't have thought that. The 12 and 3. <laughs> yeah. The 12 and 3 game picker-upper. The rest of us like the Bengals at home. And I got the game picker-upper. I'll take the Texans, even though I think they're going to get walloped. Uh, the Jags, uh, uh, everybody else likes the Jags. There you go. Those are our picks. One more time, two weeks to go this weekend, next week. 68 for Lauren. She's in first place, barely ahead of Hayes Carline, who has 67. I'm at 59 points. Gibby is at 54 points. That is our picks contest. going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Can't wait. Um, the, uh, the Knowles play against Oklahoma. Is it dangerous at all for Florida State? That everybody and their brother thinks they're going to roll Oklahoma? Is there, is there a danger there at all? I, I think there's a little danger in that uh, because they're not a team that, you know, has that 
maturity of, of, of having that placed on them a lot. So there's, it's, there's a sense of newness. But I think they're going to handle it well. I, I would be surprised if they don't beat Oklahoma. It might be a little closer than maybe what uh, Vegas thinks. I, I don't think it will be. I think Florida State wins the game uh, by 14 or more. But, uh, but you could see it. Bowl games are always tricky. And you always have to worry about our teams resting on their laurels a little bit. Uh, and, and, again, while Oklahoma is obviously a gigantic brand, they're not you know, a ranked team. They're having a disappointing year. So, you know, Florida State's going to have to, you know, find it within themselves to, you know, get that intensity and, and to not over not overlook this final game of the year, but to take Oklahoma uh, as seriously as you would if it was a usual Oklahoma team that was, uh, you know, uh, having one <laughs> – you know, double-digit game. So I think it's a little bit of a challenge for FSU mentally, but nothing that they won't be able to handle. I, I think the Knowles, I, I, I don't think this game's particularly close. Interesting season for Oklahoma. <clears throat> they started out 3-0, and um, but they didn't really play anybody. They played UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska, and I'm not sure Nebraska is as good as UTEP and Penn, Kent State, to be honest with you. Then they lost 3-0, and lost uh, by 7 to a good Kansas State team, got rolled on the road against a very good TCU team, and then... Then the big one, the one that shocked everybody, Texas beat Oklahoma 49 to nothing. 49 yeah, zip you, in that thing. You don't see that happen. So that's, that's really, really concerning. Then they bounced back in one two, but they weren't good teams. Iowa State's okay. They beat Kansas and Iowa State. Kansas was ranked. Uh, and then they lost to Baylor. And then I thought the big one, they lost at West Virginia, who's a team that is really having a difficult year. Surprisingly, they won Bedlam. And then turned around and lost in overtime to Texas Tech. So it's really an, an up-and-down season, certainly, for Oklahoma. They were a 6-6 six and six football team. FSU's record way better than that. I think, I think FSU's going to beat Oklahoma. I think they're better. But I'm not completely sure what to make of Oklahoma. They have played in, a, in an offensive-minded league. They just scored 48 and losing to Texas Tech. They did win Bedlam the week before that against a pretty good Oklahoma State team. I bet that game's a pretty good game. I, my gut tells me that game will be a little bit closer than people think. Uh, Tennessee Clemson the night after. What do you think about that ball game? You, I think, you picked Clemson, didn't you? I picked you? Clemson. I, I think I think it's just too much attrition for Tennessee. I, I worry about, you know, Hendon Hooker I think is such a spectacular player, and, and he's somebody that watch out for Hendon Hooker in the draft process because yeah. he's going to fall. You know, he's not going to be able to work out, and, you know, he's got the, the injury He's you know probably not going to be ready by training camp, but Hendon Hooker to me is a player that you know could be available in the third fourth round. That in the right situation, I think could have a really fine NFL career. Uh, I, so I think it's such a blow losing him. Then both receivers uh, that are very talented declared for the draft. They're not going to play. Uh, I just think for Tennessee, I, I worry about their depth. Obviously, they have a great scheme with Heupel, but I don't know that they're at a point yet in their build where you can lose your star quarterback and the two you know, best weapons that he has right. and go beat a good team in Clemson. Clemson's got some players that are sitting out too, but I think Klubnik's really good. And uh, with some time to prepare him, I think Clemson uh, wins the game. I think it'll yeah. be a very entertaining game, and I do think that'll be a very competitive game, but I think Clemson finds a way late to win it. Yeah, I think Tennessee is going to beat Clemson. I, I, I would have no doubt if they had Hooker. Um, the fact that they're going to play. Oh, if Tennessee had their guys, I'd pick Tennessee. Yeah, but I, I just think there's, Tennessee's got something. Again, I think this is one of those games where the SEC team has just played a tougher schedule. I mean, they've played Georgia. They've played Alabama. Man, they have played. 
They have played good teams, and I just think that week in and week out, this will be one of those games where you benefit from playing a better. Now, I could be wrong. Clemson's been beating teams a long time that were supposed to be better because they played in better leagues. Clemson fan thinks, you know, we've, we've been beating SEC teams and Big Ten teams and Pac-12 teams for years, and everyone's been saying their leagues are better. We just keep beating them, and I get that. That's true, by the way. But I, um, but I, I think uh, I think that's going to be a fun game. That will be. That's a Friday night. That'll be. I think that'll be one of the more fun games of the bowl season. Yeah, I agree. And uh, our bowl pick'em, I think it's uh, going tonight uh, for the first in terms of the first game right. that I think we have a difference. I and I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but it's the late game tonight. Uh, Oklahoma State plays Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Oh, you kidding? The fighting Graham Mertz. Yes, and I think you're the only one that took. I took Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah. That's correct. Oh, you did, Gibby? I did, yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah. maybe maybe it's split then. But this is oh. the first game tonight. It's a 10-15 kick. Well, let me tell you, I locked it's in. It's the first game in the Loser Monday bowl pick em where there's a difference. So we'll have some early movement tonight in the Loser Monday bowl pick em. I'll tell you, I locked in. I am on our bowl pick em. No idea who I picked in that game. Okay, <laughs> but I'll check. By the way, is Mertz in play? And he's gone. Right? He's gone. No, yeah, neither is Spencer Sanders. They both went in the portal, you know. That, I, I mean, I, I kind of wish Mertz was playing. Sure. I'd like to just be able to watch him. You know, yeah. what, what do we get? What I got? And right. Even well, though Kay's, you're not so sure we're getting him. but, but I Well, I know. I think he's coming. Yeah. I just I do think it's a little unusual yeah. that Florida hasn't. And like I said, I don't think Florida has announced it. Yeah, all right. Go ahead and give so the, we'll uh, the reason I The biggest reason I picked Oklahoma State is because the Wisconsin backup quarterbacks, I think combined, <laughs> the two guys have combined, like have played four snaps. And the Oklahoma okay. State backup has actually played. Plus, all Wisconsin, right. they had a bunch of opt-outs, so. We'll see. Gibby's thinking. He's thinking through this. Well, Gibby's he doing is. what you're doing. Gibby's thinking through I this. I might change my pick the, <laughs> if that's allowed. The, uh, I will tell you this. Um, oh, by the way, does, does, the, does the walk-on from IMG do anything for you for Florida? You know they're getting a walk-on. Yeah, I mean. They're getting a walk-on from IMG. You they, don't do that they, every day. They tweet out these graphics about, you the know. walk-on. You got the walk-on about guy. About these preferred walk-ons. What about the walk-on guy? I mean, he's probably better than Graham Mertz. Do you know his name? I do not. I don't either. You know who's going to know his name? Denny Thompson. That's right. He's a walk-on guy from my <laughs> Denny's checking his head. He yeah. doesn't know his name either. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Security and automation experts. One, two, three. I do have to ask this. All right. I'm just curious. Did you get any whisperer gear for Christmas? <laughs> a little hat? No, no, no. See, most tank people, top, tank top. Most people respect my wishes that I hate that, but they don't keep bringing it. <laughs> what, number, what number? When you were a quarterback, what number did you wear? Fifteen. Number fifteen, like like whisper, oh, like a like like, like a little 15. football jersey. Fifteen. <laughs> whisper on the back. <laughs> a little bobblehead. That that that. How about that that navy blue and gold from UC? Huh? Running that Veer at University Christian, whisper. Well, it, it was it was the wing tee. The Veer would give me way too much credit for what oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, it was it was the wing tee. Yep. Who are your backs? Torin Curtsy and Mike Curry. Oh, were they okay? Did you, so he stayed out of the way. Is that your? Dude, job? I didn't have to wash my jersey. Yes. <laughs> so I just literally handed the ball to him. Yeah, That's pretty good backs. There you go. So, yeah. Merry Christmas. Good to see you. You too. You too, man. Yeah, um, all kind of stuff to get to, but let me say what I said. I mean, I'm going to start the program with what I said at the top of the show, and I've hesitated to say this, but Denny. You don't, li- you don't very often live in a town where LeBron James pops up or Gretzky pops up or Jordan and all of a sudden is in your town. The Chicago Bulls were nothing until Jordan showed up. They just weren't. They were just in a- The New England Patriots, they, they, were, they were the fourth most important team in their city. By a wide margin, the Celtics, Red Sox, and Bruins were way more important. And then this guy Brady pops up. So you don't get that very often. I have, I have been, I've hesitated to saying this. 
But I got to tell you, I think that guy's popped up here. Uh, and, and, and if it's embellished, and so be it. If it's hyperbole, so be it. I can't now that now the light's gone on. Man, Trevor Lawrence is some kind of spectacular. I, I don't. I don't think that's a bad take at all. I think that's. I think there's a lot of common sense in that because there's different levels to that too. You mentioned Jordan and Brady; those are the extreme levels, yeah. right? But I mean, you, you can go back and look at Peyton Manning. You know, I mean, they didn't. They didn't win six, seven, right? But he transformed a city, right? That's a great point. And, and I think that's a the, better example because a basketball city became a football city because of him, right? And I think I think like at a very bottom level of this we're starting to see that with with trevor i mean look at the ticket prices the last two games we haven't touched these ticket prices in jacksonville even in the playoff games a couple years ago right there's just a buzz about trevor and the jags and and now you got to see do you have your uh, bill belichick do you have you know all the legendary coaches that teamed up the joe montana and the walsh together like do you have that combo or do you have half that combo what does that look like long term you know, and, and that's a great point because they've, they've talked about how the second year is going to be the big year. What, what are some things when Doug Peterson and Trevor get beyond this season, what are some things that you would expect, nuances that, that they will work on to get him even better in year two? Oh, I, I think now it becomes a much more consultative approach than what it probably was last year. Last year it was probably Peterson telling Trevor, this is how we do this, right? And this is how I want you to start doing this. And I think they've probably uh, taken more of Trevor's advice during the year, but I think this next offseason is a whole game changer because now you're sitting down having a conversation instead of just trying to coach something that maybe isn't natural. We all see things different ways. We can all play the same golf hole, but it can look good to me and it cannot fit your eye, Frank, right? So just because Doug Peterson likes to run a flood concept and he likes to read it this way, that doesn't mean that Trevor likes the same thing. And so after you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of snaps – now Trevor can sit in that meeting and go, well, can we make just this little tweak? That's where you see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Brady and all those guys. They're teaching the offense. They're not running the offense. Did you, you, did you, of course you watched the game last week. Um, Zach Wilson, meanwhile, that was one of the saddest things I've seen. Denny, I, and being, I, we got these big headsets we call the game. So you can hear the crowd because we want to hear the crowd because that's part of calling mm-hmm. the game is you want to you take that to the audience. But the boos were deafening, even over our headsets. And I guess they were on TV, too. Yeah. It was uh, amazing. From, from the jump, right? From like, the jump. Yeah. I mean, so he's got no chance now, does he? He's got, no ch- he's got no chance in New York. I mean, you always got a chance if you come out and win. I mean, if all of a sudden you start slinging the ball around, and, and, and even next year, if it's next year they come out and they start 3-1 and one with him, they'll love him. But we used him as, as an example with uh, he and Trevor. I think we talked about this maybe last week. Two guys that handled – Similar situations, very different ways. One captured his team. The other um, basically got left behind by his team. All, all, all because of the way they said things. Words, right? Words. And now if you're, if you're Zach, you don't, have, you don't have a second chance. You've already hit your second chance in your second year. You're about to strike out. Trevor really handled the elements well uh, in, in, against the Jets. Running more. Uh, what was your evaluation of, of how he kind of elevated his game from that standpoint? I, I thought he played remarkably well, but I thought the game plan was unbelievable. And, listen, it went the way they wanted, right? Like, I mean, they, they, they got a lead. They were able to stay short with everything, but they got rid of the ball really quick. Um, very few passes over, what, 15 or 20 yards. Very few. Timed those shots. 
but extended the running game to the perimeter, and, and I just thought the, the game plan was beautiful. And you can have a great game plan, but if, if 16 doesn't execute it the way you want him to, um, that's a problem. And what you saw is Trevor going, I don't care about my stats because these were all dump balls, right? He's throwing for 350 a week, right? I don't care about my stats. We're here to win football games, and he executed at an insanely high level. Yeah, you said a minute ago, um, do you have the coach to go with the QB? I, I, think, they, I think they do. Yeah. I, I mean, the guy won a Super Bowl with – Nick Foles, God bless him. Nick Foles is a nice guy. We watched him last night, though. That's a guy Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with. I, uh, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm giddy about where I think this thing's headed, and I, and I, and we deserve that. Yeah. We, it's okay for us to be giddy. You know that? I mean, God dang it, it's 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 okay for this city to be giddy about that. So so, as a def- what now? I mean, we now see how once once the light went on for Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, there was no there was no there's no antidote. Yep. I I, I, I mean. Look, he's a good guy. He's a hard worker. He's a good teammate. He's 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 not narcissistic. I I, I can't find anything. No, I mean he's the whole package. Yeah. It, it is, and I think that's the exciting part because this isn't. You know, we can go back to the 2017 team. We knew that there was a lot of of I'll say sass in that locker room, right? Like there was a lot of me guys in that locker room. There really were. This team doesn't have that feel. I, I mean, not in the least, and I think it's mostly because of Trevor. So when we talk about getting excited jack fans we're talking about the next decade we're not talking about next year right we're not going to play a week two super bowl game against new england you're you're probably going to see a super bowl game a real super bowl game in some time in the next i would say five to seven years right yeah, i mean yeah no you know when and we're, i'm going to talk about gardner Minshew's play in a minute we'll do that next segment but speaking of Minshew, when the jags played the eagles he was asked about trevor and one thing he said, he said, he said, and this is, a, this is a guy that was competing for a job with a guy. He said, look, this guy's been told how good he is since the ninth grade, and he's never taken it with him. He is a regular guy. And that's one of his guys in the locker room. Yep. And I'll say one thing about Minshew, that Minshew tells the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does. He tells yeah. it. But, I, but I, so I, I, will, I will see. I, uh, I think the sky's the limit. I, I really do. And I also think maybe it's always been this way. In fact, not maybe. It has always been this way. We, always, we have this recency bias. But never has it been more important than to have the great quarterback than now. Now, again, I, I, I know that's not new, yep. but you, back in the day, you could win with Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer or Doug Williams or even Bob Greasy if things weren't – you know what I mean? And Bob Greasy was a good player, but, I mean, he didn't have a big arm if everything else was in place. I don't think you can anymore. I don't think you could, you could – without good quarterback play – I don't think you can win a championship anymore. Yeah, it'd be hard. I mean, you, without a superstar, you're saying? I, yeah. I think – Guys can get hot, right? Like Foles. Like guys can get hot. But the the, the point is you gotta know you have that guy to even have that that possibility. But with Trevor, he's like Lamar and Allen and all those guys where the team recognizes his greatness too. Right? His teammates recognize, and that's what you're saying about Gardner. You just it opens opens up so many options of, of how you lead and how guys follow and just we're seeing it now. You get down fourteen, the team still believes in you. Right, and if you don't have that belief, then you don't keep coming back like this. But you were talking about a cool season. We started what week seven or eight? We talked about the only thing we're missing is the moment. Yeah, and now he's rattled off like four or five That's to the right. point where we we expect the moment now. How do you think defenses starting Sunday with the Texans, but you know certainly the Titans as well? How do you think teams will adjust, if anything, to how they defend Trevor? This is what I love about what they're doing. This is my favorite part is they, they crush cover two. They crush basically any two-safety look. 
And Trevor's learning, I'm going to take what you give me, and he gets it out there quick. So if you go in quarters, they're, they're killing you underneath. You go in cover two, and he's just torching you. You have to play man. Like, you have to play man. And at the NFL, if you're going to man and you're going to blitz, and that quarterback is Trevor, you're gonna, good luck stopping that for four quarters. And I, I just – I think the answer is you make the Jags go on long drives and you hope for the best. You hope ball security becomes an issue. But they are showing time and time and time again they are perfectly capable of going on an eight-minute, 12-play drive. Are there any throws he makes better than others? Like you said, you, you said cover two. That means there's a corner routes, right? Yeah. Corner routes are the ball in the middle of the field. Yeah. Right? You know how you beat a cover two? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either yeah. middle of the field or hole shots, rail shots, something like okay, that. He, right he throws all those, right? Yeah, okay. all of those. Obviously, if you're cover three, curl flat's a cover three beater. He throws that, right? Well, he, yeah, against cover three, they do a lot of a lot of flood concepts, and he's he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that. there's no throws. They're, they're spacing. The, like, everything about, to your point yeah. about Peterson, yeah. Not just the play call, but the execution of the play call. Yeah. We haven't seen receivers run into each other. Yeah. You know what? And they are. He does draw up some wide-open guys, man. He does. He draws up some wide-open cast, boy. He, he really does. But see, Frank, we could go real quick. We could go through every coverage and talk about what beats it. But what Trevor can do is Trevor can diagnose it at the line right. and make that decision. I, I've got a million guys that can draw it up. But to make that immediate decision and act on it based off of what you have pre-snap, that's a hard thing to do, man, and Trevor's doing yeah. it at a high level. I asked Doug this about three weeks ago. I think I told the story there. I don't think I told it one time. So I asked. It was it was after, like, Christian Kirk had the big – it was like Zay Jones had the 145-yard game. Then Christian Kirk had a 100-yard game. Then Evan Ingram had the 162-yard game. So I, I was with Doug. I get some – just time just me and Doug just to get an idea of kind of what to look for. And I asked him, I said, is that how the game plan works? You – this week's game plan is for Zay, and this week's game plan is for Evan. And this, He said, no. He said, everybody's in every plan. He said, it's up to Trevor to figure out where he's got the best matchup after we call a few plays early in the game. Yep. And he said, and, he said, and that's to your point. Yep. That's what he's doing. Yep. He, he said, it's not like when, when Evan Ingram had 162 yards, all right, the game plan this week is we're going to throw everything to Evan Ingram. That, right. that, and I, didn't know, I really didn't know that answer. I yep. mean, I, I, and so he said – he said, no, look, there, there are some games where we like our matchup, so we may say, okay, we're going to focus a little bit more on one guy than the other. But they're all in the game plan every week. Yeah. All right, I want to get to, I want to, get to Gardner Minshew because I'm going to do some college stuff after this. 24 of 40, 355 yards, a couple touchdowns, did throw a couple picks. I'll say this. He hung 34 on the Cowboys. Um, he sure didn't look like a guy that hadn't played. And I'm going to say just because he's your guy, because I would tell you if he didn't. He didn't look like a guy that hadn't been playing, did he? No, he didn't. He was right in. Looked like he'd been playing all year long. He um, talked to him yesterday. He feels great. Feels like he's throwing it better than he's ever thrown it. I watched both interceptions probably about ten times. Yeah. And, and I didn't think either one of them were bad reads, bad throws. I thought one of them, the receiver, could have fought a little bit more for position. The second one, he probably shouldn't have thrown. Yeah. But it's, it's the same Gardner. He's going to throw your high percentage throws. He's going to be accurate with the ball, and he's going to be on time. And there's always a place for that guy in the league. He's got a real chance here because Jalen Hurts may be out another week, right? Yeah, I think isn't he out this week? Is it this I, week I, that he's out? I think he's out. At, uh, I think Gardner's going to get another start. Yeah, I think, you know, one. he needs to win, obviously. I mean, that was the thing Sunday, and that's the thing about Gardner all the time. He really couldn't care less about stats. This guy don't care if he throws for 10 yards. He just wants to win. So that, that hurt on Saturday, uh, not winning that game. But, you know, he, he, it wasn't because of him, I didn't think. So this is a contract year, right? Yeah. So, so how does that work? And, 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 I mean, season ends. Let's say he plays again and plays well. He obviously can go in and play right now. Whether or not he can go in and be great right now, I don't know. But he obviously can go in and play and win a game. So 
his the agent. I guess the first thing you do is look for someone who needs a starter. Right. And can we get in the conversation? After that, do you look for a team that may have a young quarterback that needs a temporary starter? I mean, I mean, if you you and he are having a conversation, you know what I mean? What, yeah, what, I mean, by the how time does that go? by the time free agency actually hits, I mean, we'll have a good idea of yeah. what every team has him graded out as. And so, obviously, if a team has him graded out as a solid starter and they come calling on free agency day, then that's the first how place you're going to How will you know that? How will you know how they graded? They're pretty honest. Okay, they'll yeah. tell you. They'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, okay. yeah, so, I mean, there may be a team that comes to them and says, hey, we're going to give you $10 million a year to be our number two. Yeah. Maybe another team that says, we're going to give you $10 million a year, but you're going to compete. Well, we all know Gardner. We yeah, know where he's yeah, going to go. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I mean, the whole thing, to me, it's very interesting. And I, and I watch that game really closely. He still has a unique playing style. Yep. You know, he's still he still there's some off balance throws. There's still some you know it's just it's a different playing style, but uh, it's fun watching him. It's I tell you what, it's hard not to root for that son of a it guy. Is. Isn't it it is. It is. His and, creativity is I mean, so fun. I mean, normally I could get I could uh, so we have we have our little picks thing right. Yeah. And I picked Dallas, and uh, Hayes had picked uh, Philadelphia. I don't, I mean, you might have been the only one. I, I was one. the only one. But I picked Dallas, so so I should want so I should want Dallas to win. And but I'm number one. I'm out. Of, I'm so far out of the picks. Let's I'm, say I heard that on the way in. I'm I don't not, think I'm, that's the game I'm, that hurts. I'm you. not winning anyway. <laughs> but I but I was rooting for. You can't you can't not root for the guy. Yeah. You can't not, you yeah. can't not root for the guy. You yeah. just can't not root for him. No, he's he's a genuine guy. Yeah. He's a hard worker. He's everything you think a professional yeah. athlete should be. That's that's Gardner. All right, we'll take a break. Let's talk some college stuff. Uh, more quarterback talk with Danny after this. Stay with us. Do want to thank our friends from Nimnik. That's uh, my buddy Billy Nimnik, Lee Nimnik, a wonderful family. They've been doing it here a long time. 1941's a long time. I've been buying my cars from them since 1982. That's a long time. So you want to trust people that uh, to say the right car, head to Nimnik Chevrolet, located on Nimnik uh, on Cassett Avenue near Park, or Nimnik Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. Head to Nimnik today. Frangie, Carline, Denny Thompson with us, Andrew Gibson as well. Lauren Brooks has the uh, day off. We all have the week off after today, so kind of a one one day week for us, but then we're all back in the fold uh, beginning next week. So today, Denny, Sam Hartman, it, and it's announced he's going to – he hasn't announced it, but the word comes out that he's going to the portal. Moments later, the word comes out that he's going to Notre Dame. Right. So you – because you deal with this. Obviously, he was going to Notre Dame all along. So how does that work? I know we're guessing here, but Notre Dame cuts a deal with Hartman. He says, I don't want to say anything until after I play in my bowl game. But I'm coming to your place. Then Notre Dame, for that reason, doesn't go after Joe Blow. Is that, is that kind Essentially, of? yeah, yeah. And I think well, a couple weeks ago, I said guys that are entering the portal late already have their deals done. Okay. So I don't think they you're going to see. Going. Yeah, you're not going to see a guy jump in two weeks before enrollment or classes start and not already know where he's going. So I think the way you said it's probably the simplest way to say it. There's there's some rules you have to get by with that. Like right. you can't be Notre Dame talking to Sam. Like that, right. that's probably not happening. It was probably, hey, there's a mutual interest, and then it was, you know, an NIL deal from there. What, what do you make of Graham Mertz and Florida's plan, if you can call it that? I mean, am I missing something with Graham Mertz? I, I don't think you are. I, I don't know much about Graham Mertz, which tells me all I need to know. Right. Right. And everybody I ask don't know anything about Graham Mertz. So it's. It's bizarre. It's weird. I don't understand. Um, I know they had an evaluation process that they went through, and, and that's you know been done for a little while. So he must have been really high up on their evaluation. Could they just be being told no by five or six guys? I, I don't think like, because I, I think and, – and a lot of the visits that guys take right now, we never find out about with Transfer Portal guys because they're not, they're not going for the fanfare. Um, like Jeff Sims, who's going to Nebraska – 
took a couple visits. They were literally one-day visits. He flew in, flew out, right? So I don't know how many of those they had, but I can't name another quarterback that I know that took a visit to Florida. So obviously they targeted Graham really early and then kind of brought it home. I, I wouldn't be completely surprised, though, if they sign another one. Uh, it, it may not be now. It may be May or June. But it wouldn't shock me if they did. See, that, it would, here's, here's why it would surprise me a little. Because I would think Graham Mertz wouldn't have gone without the guarantee they weren't going to. Unless, to your point, Graham Mertz didn't have the leverage to do that. Right. You, 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 and, and I don't think he did. And maybe he didn't. I, maybe. I think for Graham it probably was a decision of, do I want to go play – and I don't know if this was an option. I'm UAB right, and right. be the guy. Or do I want to make more of a lateral move and stay big-time college football yeah. and maybe have to compete? I, I don't know. But I, I would be beyond shocked if Graham Mertz was promised much of anything I got you. by the Florida staff. Interesting. So if that's the case, then maybe somebody else does come along. I just am fascinated by how. So all the rumors, there were rumors all in the air of Michael Pratt from Tulane, of Sam Hartman from Wake Forest, of – Cam rising from Utah, and maybe there was nothing to any of them. Maybe just a bunch of people talking, and, and, and dummies like us believed it. But but I wonder if it came to okay, the Florida staff and the collective people had a conversation with Sam Hartman and said we're interested, and Sam Hartman said yeah thanks coach, but I'm going to Notre Dame. Is it as simple as recruiting? I mean, and I don't know that. I'm just that's I'm, why, and that's why I'm saying what I'm saying about Graham because I, I, there was a panic inside of the college coaching community about a week and a half ago. And it was a it was actually it was the Sunday of the Titans game. So I remember trying to watch the Titans game and my phone blowing up by college coaches going, "Okay, when's the first shoe going to drop? When is this going to move?" We're all getting really impatient. So I think, and I I have not talked to anybody at Florida in weeks, but I think that they probably felt that too and thought well, we got to get somebody. Right. And it would not shock me if because I heard the Pratt rumors too. If that's still a thing, yeah, it just wouldn't. That, that's the one we heard the most. Well, and the thing about Mertz that I can't figure out, Denny, is he doesn't give you the running component that seems to be so critical and in that, the Napier offense. And that's what I'm saying. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that this was a kid that got seven figures and promised the world. I, I just don't. I, and I may be dead wrong. I, I believe that this is a kid that wants to compete, probably has a high-level interest in coaching afterwards, right, and said, hey, this is the place I want to spend the next yeah. couple of years. That's that's what I believe. Well, clearly you guys is bugging me from both of you. You're sleeping on Parker Lease, okay? <laughs> Parker Lease, a quarterback out of IMG. I know a lot about Parker Lease can't lose. Parker Lease, a quarterback out of IMG, who turned down an offer from Miami of Ohio. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Of Tanzania. Okay. <laughs> he turned down. He had offers. He held offers from Kansas. Come on. Toledo, and Miami of Ohio. Wait, and this is the PWO? Yes. That means preferred, preferred walk-on. walk-on. Right. Yeah. I had to I, think what that meant. Somebody, okay. somebody, yes. somebody gave him terrible advice. He turned yeah. down scholarship offers from schools. To- According to Keith Farner wow. of Saturday Down South, if Keith writes that, I'm going to believe him. Absolutely. Right. Okay, so uh, he turned down scholarship offers from it, it, Kansas, it, Toledo, and Miami. Of Ohio. It, it, right. it honestly seems like <laughs> the pulse is getting longer. Yeah, th- this preferred walk-on program is about the only thing that they do well. Uh, it's about the only thing. Or it's, and they celebrate it like none of these guys are ever going to do anything. Listen, I, mean, I, man, just, I just don't It's valuable right get now, it. though. I will say that. Like, I mean, we, preferred walk-on is not what it used to be. 
preferred walk-on is a valuable piece of real estate for both players and, and coaches because a lot of those preferred walk-ons are getting the scholarships year two, year three, um, and there's not many of these things that go around anymore. The, the high school recruiting landscape has completely changed in the last 12 months. Yeah. It is a whole different game than it even was last year. Well, I'm going to tell you, when Parker Lease is in New York for that Heisman <laughs> ceremony, the you guys remember, you remember this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just remember Are you this. calling your shot? I, yes, Parker Lease. <laughs> Listen, he turned down Miami, for if God's sake. If we ask him next week his name, he will not there's remember. There's no chance I'll know his name. <laughs> There's no chance. But he can remember he bought a Nimnik Chevrolet in 1982. <laughs> it was a Malibu. Okay. <laughs> Got a maroon with the white, the white, the white vinyl on the side. Um, it's exactly what I bought. Uh, the, uh, uh, all right, catch us, up on, catch us up on guys from around here. Um, I want to go through the, your list. Austin Reed stayed at Western Kentucky. He had a lot of offers, right? He I had mean, a lot of offers. I mean, he had power five offers. Yes, absolutely, and uh, stayed there, likes why the coaching staff, loves the coaching I think it's staff. it's great that he's yeah. – why did he stay? Well, there's two things. One, he really liked the coaching staff. Yeah. And then, two, the question was, okay, from an NFL perspective, am I better to throw for 5,000 yards again next year on a system I already know with 40 tutties and five interceptions, or am I better to go learn a new system, maybe bigger – but only throw for 3,000 right, right. with 25 touchdowns and 12 interceptions or whatever. And I don't know. I don't know which way is the better way. I don't think anybody does. So, ultimately, he just decided, I really like Bowling Green. I like this staff. And then the bowl game he had was unbelievable. Right. I mean, they were picked to lose that game. He threw for 500 yards. Yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a legitimately – Good could wind up in the NFL player. He'll I mean, get a chance to play yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. He, yes. he's, he's legit. I mean, I mean he's, he's no Graham Mertz. Yeah. What about um, Jeff Sims at Nebraska? Jeff's, Jeff's uh, going to be in Nebraska. He's working with you. He is. We're working outside in the cold as much as we can. Okay. To get and him ready. Is for Anthony it. Richardson started yet? Anthony started today. Moved in yesterday. Uh, today was his first official day. We've how's been doing he, a lot of look? other how's stuff. Uh, I can't really tell you. It's yeah. super easy week this week. So yeah. physically, he looks great. I mean, right. you know, two forty. Um, hand size, like, it's, it's ridiculous. He don't even know how to do the measurement yet, and he would already have, like, the biggest hand in the draft the last couple of years. Oh, wow. Right? So all of those things that we know, you know, start a little bit of sprint mechanics today with, with um, A.J. and Tom at Torque Sports Performance, and it's like you watch this guy and you're like, holy cow, how explosive is this kid? And he, he's never been formally trained in any of this. Yeah. It's just easy to him. Has he made a decision on what he'll do at the combine in terms of forty drills? No. When, when do you guys formulate that plan? Uh, well, he's still you know kind of recovering from the ankle okay. a little bit, so he's able to work. But we're not going to go hard on that for a little while. And I think so. I think we'll get a good look. We don't have to decide yeah. until the week before. So he had something pretty. I mean, he hasn't played a game now in it's been a month. A month yeah. yeah, and he's still. So he really was battling. He was something. banged up. Yeah. yeah, he was banged up most. All the the entire year, but not to the point he couldn't play, but to the point where when a the month season later, was something done, still is affecting right. him. That's right. Yeah. When the season was done, it's like do nothing for a month, and that that's what we did. Danny, what's your advice to quarterbacks that, uh, in terms of Hayes' question, what you should do or not do at the combine or at your pro day? Um, and I know it varies, guy. Yeah, to guy. man, that's such a different thing because, like with him, what we find ourselves talking about is the ten yard split. Like, okay, you're going to run the 40 and you're going to run some jaw-dropping number, but what is that 10-yard split? Like, can we set a record with this 10-yard split as explosive as he is, right? And you start digging into little things like that that you can say, well, this guy is literally elite. It hasn't been done before at his position. If you don't have anything like that, um, then you might as well just do most of everything. If you're going to be 
if you're going to answer any questions about athleticism by putting up your average score, then go do it. If, if you're going to hurt yourself, then don't even touch it. If you're not confident that you can help yourself in whatever that drill is, then two weeks before the combine, just eliminate it. I was going to ask you, the Gators did pretty well recruiting locally. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what were some of your thoughts on the local kids, Sharif Denson, Roder? And I don't know if, you know, but, but you're around all the quarterbacks and things yeah, like that. I've did you have any thoughts on the local kids? I, I, the only one I've really seen that went to Florida is, is Webb, who mm. is, I mean, we've seen, everybody's seen him. It seems like he's been at Trinity for 12 years, right? right. Kid's is, a beast. Is there a guy you'd compare him to, running style or kind of player? I'm so bad at that with running okay. back. Now, Sharif, like, I, I like Sharif a lot. I've, I've seen a lot of Bartram football. Truly a lockdown kid. Like, truly a kid that you can put on an island, I think. Um, haven't seen enough of, like, his level receivers against him mm-hmm. to say that he'll dominate that. But I, I wouldn't really have an issue, you know, playing him a little bit of man. And, and he's a good zone player as well. So they did well here. The, the one thing that I don't understand with Florida is, and I told you guys this all fair last, last week, they keep getting told that they're going to get these guys. And they are convinced they're getting these guys. They're never getting these guys. Like, I mean, they're, they're, Give me an example. Uh, I, the, like, um, Pancakes. Yeah, use him or the local kid, Jordan Hall. Is that his name? Jordan Hall. Right. Right. Yeah. right? Like, I mean, convinced they're getting him. Man, I mean, it's pretty in, common knowledge that he wasn't going. That's there. really interesting that, 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 they're, that they've got. Cause what that tells me is that this is a bunch of guys that are new to this kind of recruiting. I mean, it's not like uh, – give, give Mario Cristobal credit now. Yeah. He went and hired Charlie Strong and I think Randy Shannon and a bunch of guys that have recruited big-time talent in this state, right? In, in, right? Yeah, or for absolutely. Me. And I don't know that Billy's got that. I don't know that he's got a lot of recruiters that have recruited at this level. And I could be wrong. I'm maybe talking about Well, no, I, I think there's a real-life example. Like, we've all been there. Like, you got yeah. this really, really pretty girl when you're young. You're like, yeah. I'm going to wait on her. She yeah. don't seem to be in me, into me, but I'm going to wait on her. Right. Right. It's almost like that feeling. But it's if you're like more experienced, you're, not, you're you, going to move on. Yeah, if you're right. Right. Yeah, you, so. you, you start to read body language. You start to read signs. And, and that's the one thing. And I'm pretty sure, didn't I tell you that off air last week like yeah. about that kid? Like, I'm, yeah. like they're not getting this kid, and I don't understand why this continually is happening at Florida. Well, yeah. they had this big official weekend before yep. the Las Vegas Bowl debacle. Yep. And, uh, and their confidence was very high. Very high. And they, got, they didn't get the tight end that was committed to Stanford. He went to A&M. They didn't get pancakes. He went right. to Miami. Uh, there was like three or four uh, other players on the official visit. They got none of them. Which yeah. obviously they were extremely confident in because then they then played a bowl game on the last weekend of recruiting. Right, yeah. Now, having said all that, they still finished in the top ten. Absolutely. So a recruiting year. A- a- absolutely. But it wasn't yep. an extraordinary one. So. Yep. I will take a break. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Denny Thompson. I like to consider myself the personal representative <laughs> of Parker Lease, even though my two comrades had don't respect him. It's unbelievable. Uh, just, you know, don't come back to me when you want autographs. Is he stuff. 5'10 or 5'11? Hang on. I should know this. Uh, he is 6'1. Oh, okay. He is so six, he's 5'11. He's, <laughs> <laughs> back in a moment. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. One segment to go here. We're live at Island Wing Company. I do want to thank our friends from the Nimnik family of dealership. Nimnik Chevrolet, Nimnik Buick GMC. The, that's the name to know in this town if you want to buy an automobile. I can promise you that. That's where I've been buying my cars for the longest time. I'm proud to be a spokesman uh, for my friend Billy Nimnik and Lee Nimnik and those wonderful folks at the Nimnik family of dealerships. Uh, one more segment here with Denny Thompson. We talk quarterback and a whole lot more. The, uh, the, the high school football around here, I'm going somewhere with this. 
better or worse, same as it always was? Better. Better. Why is it better? A game has just evolved um, locally. It was a wing tee town for yeah. a long time. And, and now all the schools out here in St. John's County um, and the atmosphere and the closeness that you get out here and then you got – you know some the, the some of the private schools have. I mean, you look at Bowles and Trinity, yeah. and they're not com- and UC. They're not competing at their classification. They're competing at every classification. Yeah. So, more talent, better coaching all around the area than what we probably have ever had. And uh, and really, I mean, as much as I hate to say this, it has become a year-round sport. Yeah. And and so the play's just better. There's seven on seven. There's guys are getting developed better. I I covered. I was a prep writer in the '80s. Hayes, you were a prep writer 2000? Mm-hmm. 2000s? Two, the early 2000s. So we've all seen it. You've seen it. You played and you've been around it. It seems to me the coaching here. Yeah, I mean, and what made me think about it is Daryl Sutherland stepping down, which I hated. Yeah. Because he's such a great guy and such a wonderful I, I owe Daryl Sutherland so much, man. Is that right? I, I, when I had the, you know, the, the, uh, the incident when I was coaching with the largest fine in FHSA history. yeah. yeah. Like, nobody would touch me, and right. he called me. And it was a Sunday afternoon, and he's like, I'd love to have you on my staff. That's a great story. And he wasn't doing it because yeah. I was bringing anything to the staff. Like, that was genuinely who he was. If, if, if you were in a bad time, he was going to come find you. I appreciate you. And I've always appreciated Bubba. You never shy away from that story on air, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. I mean that. He's a good guy, but yeah. I said, and a very good coach. But I think they're all over. Yeah, I, I don't know who the Creekside coach is. He must be pretty good. Sean's a stud. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I mean they're, they're good. I mean, Nice and Pontevedra over the years have been really yep. well coached. Bowles and Trinity and UC have always been very well coached. Reigns has been well coached. I mean, I mean, I, I, OJ Small got out of it, right? But he was a terrific coach, I thought. Yeah, and that's the thing too in Duval. Like, there's not that drop off. I, I mean, yeah. for a couple of years there was a drop off in just the programs in St. John's and Duval, and now there's not that. I mean, you look at what Seattrick's doing at Fletcher. Yeah, good for him. By yeah, the way. yeah, and even like you look at Kraus at Bishop Kinney. Like, yep. all these schools are performing at a level that has been a long time since they've performed at. Do you think that the uh, – how, how much – and I agree with everything you said about Daryl Sullivan. He's a first-class guy all the way uh, through. I'm, I'm curious. Frank brought up the question, and it makes me kind of think about it. You know, does Craig Howard deserve a little bit more credit in terms of changing this area a little bit? Because when he arrived at Nice, Nice wasn't much, but he was going to throw it all over the field and spread you out and – uh, then obviously, Tebow arrives at Nice, and they have this unbelievable run. Is that where you think it started in the area in terms uh, of everybody kind of realizing that the spread and, and throwing it all over the place is is how probably where I, we need to go? You know, I, I think there was a there was a coach here that was super impactful. Passed away a couple years ago with Lou Gehrig's disease, named Ryan Keith. Yes, at Eagles View. Mm-hmm. And this guy was one of the smartest offensive minds I've ever been around in my life. And he was one of the guys, much like Craig Howard, that would share knowledge. Like, if you wanted to come up there and you wanted to ask me anything, and I did it many, many, many times, right? And so I think that's what this area has had. They've, had. they've had Craig Howard. They've had guys like Ryan Keith. They've had those guys along the way that were willing to share knowledge. And that's what you've got with St. John's County coaches in an effort to just make everybody better. And so now it's, you know, if you're not going to get beat by 60 you better learn what they know, um, or you're going to get embarrassed. And I think that's where we're at here. You, you know, I can tell you this. I thought, I really thought that there was a drop off between a handful of really good coaches. Corky Rogers, great coach. Right. You right. Know, Freddie Stevens is a great coach. There, there was a drop off from some really good coaches. But your point's a very good one. I'll tell you this story about Craig Howard. 
that when I um, – this might have been – where would he have been? Would it have been Nice still? Was it Kenny Mandarin Nice? Was that the order? I think so because he went from Nice to Southern Oregon, right? Yeah, so it was, so it was Kenny Mandarin Nice. there a Lake City stop in there? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Was you're that? right. I think he went okay. Nice, Lake City, Columbia, yeah. and then got into well, college before. Okay, I, so, so, I had a, so I had a nephew that was coming up, pretty good little quarterback, okay? There weren't, there weren't the Denny Thompsons around back then, okay? This was a, many years ago, probably uh, 20 years ago, 50, 20 years. And, uh, and he wanted to learn to play quarterback. And he, wanted, and he wanted, thought he may want to play quarterback at the collegiate level. Now, it turned out he was more, wound up being more baseball player than football player. But, he, uh, but at the time, he was a quarterback at his high school. And, um, and I called Larry Fedora. And I said, uh, and I, so I asked, I said, who's one of my really good friends. Mm-hmm. And I said, Larry, what, what, what do I do with this kid? And this, at the time, Larry was probably... Oklahoma State, maybe. He might have gone from Florida to Oklahoma State before he got the Southern Miss head job. He said, get him with Craig Howard. And I said, he said, whatever you do, get him. Get it, get, get. And I, wherever Craig was coaching, well, it turns out the kid's in Tampa, not here. So, okay, well, I didn't know that. I said, but he's thinking, he's thinking I'm talking about a Jacksonville player. Right, right, right. First, he says, get him with Craig Howard. Yeah. But then I, was in, then I was intrigued with the answer. Yep. He said, he understands principles of the passing game, the spread passing game, better than other coaches do right now. I said, the coaches will catch up. Mm-hmm. But he's ahead of the game in terms of understanding what the what the passing game is going to be, had which, which was sc- an interesting answer from a really good spread coach. Well, you had high school coaches having to go to all these different college programs all over the country to learn how to defend where Craig Howard was doing. Yeah, and then you put the Tim Tebow mix in there with Craig Howard. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, I've I've heard stories about St. Augustine how much time they spent learning how to defend that was an astronomical amount of time, then it yeah. kind of started a new defensive revolution down here in, in St. John's yeah. County as well. Yeah, and, and Tebow and Fedora were close, real close. In fact, Tim mentioned Fedora uh, in his, when he announced he was going to Florida, or going to Florida right? Even though, even though he was at Oklahoma State by then. So, so, and so they all kind of knew each other, yeah. but, it, but it was interesting stuff. So I, and, and, and it's very interesting. Final thing, we'll let you go. Um, as we move forward now in this whole pantheon of what you do, are we going to see more of this? Will there be other stuff other than quarterback? There's already speed training. Right. There's already weight training. Right. Where else is this? There's kicking, there's kicking camps. Yeah, there's kicking. I mean, there's, there's – Shooting there's, camps in basketball, Absolutely, right? yeah. I mean, the, the receiver space, like I know a couple receiver coaches that aren't local guys, but, you know, they're, they're doing amazing work. Yeah. And, you know, offensive line specialists, it, 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 it is a – we were lucky in some ways and other ways not so lucky because we had to learn all the mistakes because it had not been done here locally right. what we're doing. But now that I'm on the other side of it, it's like I would recommend anybody that has an interest in, in working in sports or football to look into this because yeah. it's very fulfilling. Yeah. It's very fulfilling, yeah. and it's, it's like now that we're this far in, man, seeing these guys grow up, and now here's Anthony. He's got a chance to be a first-round pick. I remember Anthony at a Gainesville Park in ninth grade. Yeah. It's yeah. just really cool. Pretty cool stuff. And Denny Thompson, great work as always. Denny, we appreciate it, man. My pleasure. All right. Uh, do we have Rick Ballou next? Give me what we, we got Rick Ballou. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Rick Ballou joins us. Rick, did I see on Twitter you're playing cold weather golf this week? Oh yeah, did I see that. Uh, Chris, I didn't know you were a cold weather golfer. I thought you needed it hot, like I do. I, you're I, a cold weather golfer. I, I, I did, but I, <clears throat> you know, everything has been so great as of late um, yeah, with the yeah. Jaguars winning, and well, let's see, the Jaguars winning. Uh, I was like, <laughs> you know what? I might as well go out cold to stay of the year, Christmas Eve, and you know, I like Bailey's. 
you know, I, our friend yeah, Dan yeah. Edwards likes a late night, um, you know, uh, Bailey's and uh, just yeah. on the rocks. And I've been known to do that, but I, I have never drank so much Bailey's and hot coffee as I have the last few days. Uh, did you see it? Hayes, he's, got, he's, got, he's, he's with Derek and Susan because he's a rock star That's like right. they are. And he's got, the, he's, got, he's got the sweatpants on. And the, yeah. Did you see that? I, mean, I did. Uh, Baloo's playing cold. I did not think Baloo played cold weather golf. Uh, those stunned weren't, me, really. uh, as a matter of fact, uh, truth be known, those, those are not uh, sweatpants. Those are, you ready for this? This yeah. is from the GF. Those are Greg Norman designed <laughs> golf pants. So if you think I don't have some LIV in me, you're crazy. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Rick, uh, good times for the Jags these days. What's yeah. coming up on the program? Yeah, all that. Uh, you, you know, our normal Tuesday night is certainly uh, our uh, the listeners get an opportunity to really voice their opinion. Of course, it's changed a little bit because the game uh, was certainly on Thursday. But basically the same drill. I mean, all this momentum continues to push forward it, it, it's just a great time uh to be out and i know you're over there at at, uh, at island wings i i get out there quite a bit as well and just seeing the people and how happy everyone is is uh is, is just fantastic so a lot of issues to look at tonight uh mostly with the jags a couple around the nfl as well a little bit on florida state as they get ready for their game coming up in about 48 hours so it's going to be busy here we get things cranked up starting in just a couple of minutes all right, Rick. Thanks, buddy. Rick Blue goes into the night uh, as soon as we get out of here. So that's our one-day week, looks like. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that's days. it. Yeah, so, uh, so tomorrow Rick will be in our time slot. I know uh, we will air the Gator Bowl Friday on, in this time slot. That's I'm awesome. Gonna, yeah, I'm looking forward to calling You that. and I'm, Shane Matthews. Shane Matthews and I will call that thing. It'll be South Carolina North, in Notre Dame. We'll have the national radio broadcast on Touchdown Radio, but also you can hear it right here on our radio stations, but that would be kind of cool uh, as well. So, folks, have a great new year. Uh, we can't wait to see you next week. We're back in earnest doing this thing every day, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, don't forget to stop by and see our friends here at Island Wing Company. We're out of here. Hayes, have a great new year. Give you, you a too. great Happy new, year. new year. You too, uh, we'll guys. See you next time around. Uh, stay tuned. Rick Ballou's next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.